Hello, everybody. This is Ben Glebe here speaking into a microphone, and then it's getting into your ears through the ear, ear, earbuds or just through a speaker floating through the air. That's, the details of how it works doesn't matter. A couple quick announcements. My guest today will be Felicia Day, star of The Guild and Dr. Horrible sing-along blog and many other things. She has a new show on YouTube called The Flog on the Geek and Sundry channel. Please check that out and subscribe. I will be at the Fort Lauderdale Improv with Michael Yo on The Hot Mess Show April 25th. Uh, Zany's Nashville, April 26th through 29th with Ali Wong. Vegas at the Paris Hotel and Casino, May 3rd, 4th, and 5th with Arden Marine. Chelsea Lately Tonight, April 18th and May 2nd on Chelsea. And The Yo Show on Yahoo, April 20th and April 23rd. Also, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash bglebe. That's B-G-L-E-I-B. And I got a new video being released on that channel in the next week called Shit Hitchhikers Say. And it's not a normal shit people say video, I'll tell you that much. Check it out when it comes out. You'll know if you subscribe. Okay, okay, okay. The show's starting right now. Do stay-at-home moms know what work is like? North Korea launches a missile into heaven. Brangelina gets engaged to itself. The Secret Service loves prostitutes. Arizona signs crazy anti-abortion bill. Santorum no morum. Men are getting Brazilian waxes. Oh, God, please no. Bill Cosby speaks very slowly. And my guest Felicia Day stops by to talk alcohol, fantasy worlds, and the inevitability of our digital footprint. All this and more during the... Last Week on Earth with Bentley. Do not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. The theme song never lies. This last week on Earth. We're brought to you this week by tacos. We're like shrimp, but crunchy. And we're not like shrimp at all. Except when we have shrimp in us. And even then still, we're separate from shrimp. Because a thing is not just some of its parts. It's much more than that. Tacos! Mmm. This was a huge news week, everybody. So I'm going to cover a bunch of stories solo up front. And then later in the podcast, I'll bring on my guest, Felicia Day, who I've known for about 10 years and who until this podcast I haven't seen or spoken to for at least six years. You know her best as the love interest and star of Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. She played V on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and perhaps most notably, you know her as the star, writer, and creator of one of the most popular web series of all time in human history, The Guild. She and I used to be in an improv troupe together, and... um I always loved riffing with her. She's a brilliant improviser, a hilarious, sweet, creative human being. And I really think you'll enjoy our talk. And I will even ask her to do an improv scene with me for the first time in nearly a decade. We'll, of course, cover some topics together, take Twitter answers, and the illustrious, world-renowned, 
and nearly five months old Thunder Round. But since so much did happen last week, let me first get into some news and politics and other things. Starting, of course, with other things. Raccoon attacks on the rise! In Florida, of course, because all the crazy shit happens there, two raccoon attacks have temporarily closed Kiwanis Island Park to the public until further notice. Raccoons are getting crazy, man. Animal services trapped two raccoons Saturday. Another one was captured on Sunday. It's not known what prompted the altercations between the raccoons and park patrons. Well, obviously the patrons did something to piss these raccoons off. Raccoons don't just get pissed out of nowhere. These people are probably raccoon taunters. The first altercation was on Wednesday by a woman who was eating lunch under a park pavilion. She was taken for medical treatment. Uh, hello, lady. Do not eat lunch under a park pavilion. Everybody knows raccoons meet in pavilions and have raccoon quarrels. They need to do it privately, and you're infringing on their territory. So that ain't cool. And all I have to say to the raccoons is you're frightening, and you look like little bandits. You look like little bandits with that mask on imprinted in your skin or whatever. And you should be robbing trains instead of harming people. Stick to what you're good at, raccoons. North Korea went ahead with their missile launch. They've been threatening they were going to do it. The world community said, don't do that shit. They're like, I don't give a shit what you say, world community. We're our own country. We're going to launch our rockets. They launched their rockets. And guess what? Failed very badly. The New York Times reported that this is very, very spectacular failure for the new North Korean leader, the young Kim Jong-un tried to put a rocket into satellite, or a rocket into orbit, rather. And it was more than a $1 billion humiliation. This could be the first test of whether anybody, though, will challenge the rule of the young Kim Jong-un. And it raises the questions, now Americans are afraid, of whether he'll be tempted to recover by staging a larger provocation. Maybe he will go on a no-carb diet and get rid of some of that puff in his cheeks. Who knows? Mr. Kim wanted to mark his formal ascension to the top of the political power sphere in North Korea, timed with the country's biggest holiday in decades, the 100th anniversary of the birth of his grandfather, the founder of North Korea, Kim Il-sung. He wanted to do it with fireworks, both real and symbolic. And instead, the rocket carrying the satellite, supposedly, splintered harmlessly into the, to quote the New York Times, splintered harmlessly into the gray-blue waters of the Yellow Sea. And the North Korean government apparently concluded it had no choice but to tell its citizens the embarrassing news, which was bound to get around a country that now has one million cell phones. It was the first time the country had admitted such a defeat. That's very interesting, because for us, and for allies of us, the bigger question is not even so much the fate of their shitty missile technology, it is whether this young dictator is going to be controllable or be more friendly to the West. Keep in mind the dude is like 28 years old. And this failed launch has made the situation much more unpredictable during a very uncertain time for the country when Kim Jong-un is trying to consolidate power and prove he can really lead the country. Well, that, you know, this ain't going to help, brother. This is not going to help. And the fact that they even tested the rocket meant that the young Kim was either willing to defy China, one of their allies, one of their only allies, which warned them to not do the test also, or he was overruled by others in North Korea. And the first option apparently 
is troublesome because it would suggest, as the Chinese say, they don't have a lot of influence on Kim Jong-un. Or it could be indicative of a struggle for influence going on in the country. And this is a country that is severely armed and believed to have a half dozen or more nuclear weapons, or at least a plutonium to produce. And they tested nukes a couple years ago, if you remember, before Kim Jong-un took over and it was Kim Jong-il in power. What do you want to look at my weapons, Hans Briggs? That's not racist. That was an exact impression of the South Park guys in Team America World Police. Don't blame me. Blame them. Blame Canada. Blame one of them. But this power struggle that might be going on there makes people nervous. Obviously, they're, they're struggling to control nuclear weapons that are within reach of the West Coast of America. Makes me nervous a little bit. I live on the West Coast of America. To prepare for the launching, North Korea just completed a new launching site near the western border with China at a cost of $400 million. The rocket itself cost another $450 million. And because they did this, America decided to stop its food aid to the country it's estimated to be worth $200 million, making the cost of this one failed test over a billion dollars in a country that can't feed its own people. The size of an expenditure under the circumstances of their country to be that large is really a crime against humanity. That is insane. So what do we do here in the U.S.? We'll make your people even hungrier. I know we had to do something, but is that the best answer? You're threatening that you might attack us or other innocent people in the world. Yeah, well, in that case, I'm going to take this roll back from your grandma. This delicious hot roll I just gave her. Too bad, grandma. No more bread for you. One year. I'm the bread Nazi. The rocket only reached 94 miles in altitude, far less than the 310 miles required to put a satellite into orbit. And, as North Korean officials often referred to it, present a gift to the closest they have to a deity, Kim Il-sung, the founder of their country. A gift? They assume their holy leader is in heaven and that he would consider it a gift to launch a rocket straight into him? If I were Kim Il-sung, I'd be all, um, thanks, but no thanks. No more gifts if that's cool. Seriously, it's the thought that counts. Both Kim Il-sung and his son Kim Jong-il were always afraid of an attack from the U.S. and dreamed of North Korea having an effective nuclear deterrent that requires functioning missiles that could be fitted with weapons and reach the West. Sorry, fellas. Gonna have to try a little harder next time. And the government telling the country that they failed, it's a change in their strategy. They've never done it before. And we don't understand why they're doing that. Some think it's because they were afraid it would seep into the country anyway with so many cell phones that are now smuggled from China into the country. And others said it's because they couldn't have kept it a secret because they invited tons of foreign reporters to watch the launch. Oops. The timing, it seems, could not have been worse also of their announcement. They cut in to live television to announce that the launch failed during a show staged specifically to celebrate Kim Il-sung's centenary. The show's theme is guiding principle of juche, or self-reliance in defiance of the world. Well, isn't that ironic? Isn't it ironic? Yeah, I just said that. Don't you think? I do, I just said that. A little too ironic. I don't know if it's too ironic, but... Yeah, I really do. 
I get it. You think that? Well, all right. I get it. Yeah. What? What are you screaming about? And also, is it way? Is it like a decade or two too late to be spoofing this song and making fun of this song? Is it? Well, okay, I'll take it. I don't know, Alanis Morris said. I don't know, whatever, whatever, girl. I got it. I got it. You know, whatever. You're, you get very amped up very quickly. Just, you know, just trying to keep it real. I want to thank all of you, by the way, who purchased Titanic 2 a couple weeks ago. Hope you enjoyed watching it. Um, I'm going to release it this week for free on YouTube so everybody can see it because I just keep hearing Titanic talk everywhere. Titanic 2 was trending on Twitter recently and I want to be able to, to release it so that everybody can see it so that it matches with that. But, um, th- those of you who did buy it, you got a two week lead on it and also I gave you a free exclusive stand up video to watch. So hopefully that was worth the 99 cents to you. And, um, I'll be releasing it this week for everybody to see. And also I have another video that I shot and, um, directed and acted in with my friend Rick Glassman called Shit Hitchhiker Say coming out um in a few days. Please look for that. I'll tweet about it and Facebook post it. And uh let me just tell you this, it's not your typical shit people say video. There's definitely let's just say a twist. And that's all I will tease for this moment. The Secret Service loves prostitutes. You better believe it. An embarrassing scandal involving prostitutes and Secret Service agents deepened this last week, as 11 agents were placed on leave, the agency designed to protect our president had to offer regret for this mess, which overshadowed Obama's diplomatic mission to Latin America. This took place in Latin America, apparently with some prostitutes. It also expanded into the U.S. military, which said five service members staying at the same hotel as the agents in Colombia may have been involved in misconduct as well. They were confined to their quarters in Colombia and ordered not to have contact with others. I'm guessing especially not prostitutes. The Secret Service did not disclose the nature of the misconduct, but the Associated Press did confirm on Friday that it involved prostitutes. So if they're not disclosing the nature of the misconduct, I'm taking a wild guess, it involved having sex with them. Because that's typically the prostitute MO. It's not people don't usually have prostitutes come over and like, would you cook something? Or be all prostitutes come over and be like, oh, I'm having trouble with this crossword. What is a two-letter word across for oral pleasure? Can't think. Oh, yes. Okay. Got it. BJ, thank you so much. Iran sits down for nuclear talks. Iran and six world powers finally agreed to hold new round of talks. Their first meeting took place already. Catherine Ashton, the European Union's foreign policy chief, said after the first meeting in nearly 15 months on Tehran's disputed nuclear program, she said that they already had a successful meeting and they've agreed to a new round of talks in Baghdad. Scary place for a conference, if you ask me. I'd prefer like the Double Tree Inn in Idaho. Uh, it's going to be on May 23rd. New round of talks. She gave no specifics on any proposals made during the sessions, but said the six nations were satisfied that Iran was serious about negotiations that will lead to concrete steps toward a comprehensive negotiated solution which restores international confidence in the exclusively peaceful nature of the Iranian nuclear program. Uh, it seems like we're shifting the goalposts a little bit here. Before, the big stance bomb was all like, they will not be allowed to develop a nuclear weapons program. 
They will not be allowed to develop nuclear energy either because we don't trust them that it won't be a nuclear weapons program. Now we're saying, well, I'll just prove it's not for weapons and we'll let you do it. But yeah, of course you can succeed in talks if you change the goalposts. Well, we'll let them get nuclear weapons. But just as long as they're not big nuclear weapons, then you have very successful talks. You need to have the talks. You can just pop some different pop popcorn in the Baghdad sun and chill and hope you don't get exploded randomly by explosions that hand, hang out in the dirt there in Baghdad. You know, I sort of feel like Iran just got scared that the U.S. or Israel were going to attack. So they're like, let's sit down, talk, and stall a couple of years while we finish our nukes up, okay? That's my what's my belief. Russia and China maintain a unified stance with the four other nations, United States, Britain, France, and Germany. And Russia was chosen to begin the discussion because it's sort of close in a lot of ways to Iran. And they're kind of allies in certain ways. But after the Iranian ambassador, Mr. Jalili, thanked Moscow for its support, the Russian delegate, Sergei Rybakov, said, and I quote, Russia doesn't need to have thanked, to be thanked by you. But you need to do what you need to do. Okay, Snapple Dapple. He's laying down some serious, intense Russian shit right there. He's like, whoa, we're only friends so far. Stop this nuke bullshit. So things might be getting a little more serious. Maybe. Sort of, maybe not. Because Mrs. Ashton also repeated Obama's warning that, quote, the window for diplomacy is closing. How long does it take to close a window? This is the slowest closing window I've ever seen. Sort of just like, this is a very jammed up window. It's been three and a half years. I haven't moved to one inch. Get a little WD-40 in there and a little elbow grease and push that shit. Governor Jan Brewer of Arizona signs a crazy anti-abortion bill into law. She's the most insane human being in the world. And this bill she signs is called the Women's Health and Safety Act. And it is the opposite. It is hostile and dangerous and cruel to women. And now life starts earliest in Arizona of anywhere in the planet. Because they now define gestational age as beginning on the first day of a woman's last period. Instead of being at fertilization. They're saying that life begins when she gets her last period where clearly life has not begun because she has her period. That's, that's insanity. And they're saying then that every time that period comes in, that is a phantom murder of a non-existent baby. And that's gotta stop. You can't murder phantoms. They're, they're impenetrable. So that's something you gotta take into account also. Experts are also calling it an effective shutdown of medication abortions, which are non-surgical abortions that are usually performed within the first nine weeks of pregnancy. About 20% of all abortions are this kind. They can occur by just taking pills and not having to undergo a surgery. And now that is outlawed in Arizona. Women often take the pills at clinics and in their homes, and the bill now says that a medical provider must have hospital privileges to these women within 30 miles of where the procedure takes place. But oftentimes, the clinics or their homes are not within 30 miles of hospitals. And that distance stops providers from other cities or even states for caring for these women, says Elizabeth Nash of the Gutmacker Institute, which is a gangster name, the Gutmacker Institute. Another factor could contribute to what Nash called a shutdown of medication abortions is the law requires abortion pills to be administered using outdated protocols confusing providers, and obscuring proper use of the drugs. 
quote, the point is to make it so difficult to provide abortions that no one will do it, said Nash. Arizona likes to thumb their nose at women. Seems to me that they like to thumb their nose at women's vaginas. They're thumbing right at the vagina, which is not cool to do to somebody you don't know very well. Come visit Arizona. Just don't stay more than a couple weeks to make sure a period doesn't occur. And also don't come if you're brown, because we hate immigrants here. It's a bad slogan for the state. Santorum drops out. Huge news story I buried deep into this intro. Just last week on last week, he said it was halftime. This proves how empty the words of politicians are. How do you give a rallying speech and then change your mind a few days later? You know what sports teams don't do after their rah-rah halftime speech? Quit two seconds later. We're going to go out there and we're going to kill those guys and we're going to come back from behind and we quit. We're out. Anybody want to get lunch at Shakey's Pizza or go to Friday's for some wings? His campaign was sagging, and he had the possibility brewing that he would lose his home state of Pennsylvania two weeks later. His daughter's been sick. The only legitimate reason here. He decided to give it up. He spoke in a very rambly, strange speech about his long-shot chance. He did win 11 states in the end. But he talked about how his sweater vest became an unlikely symbol of his candidacy. When you're running for president and your concession speech, you're thanking your vest? I'm pretty sure you are a dickball who does not really understand what it takes to become president. The cloth on my chest was very into me becoming president. I'd like to thank that very much. In the end, he said, quote, This showed your voice could be heard and miracles could happen which makes a man redefine and question his meaning, his definition of the word miracles. Because miracles typically aren't things that sputter and end quickly unsuccessfully. I would call that a regular day and not miraculous. That's just me. But he's really into his sweater vest and really wanted to honor that. So in honor of that, I will give you a little sample of the sweater vest song, Dressed for Success. I'll say that better. The sweater vest song, Dressed for Success, Rock the Sweater Vest, by the Z-Man, my good buddy Chad Zumach. Here is an honor of you, Rick Santorum, and your failed campaign. Yeah, uh, so he's done. And meanwhile, Gingrich's campaign bounced a check for $500. $500. He said the campaign's on a shoestring budget, but this is pretty bad. Um, he may not even be on the ballot for Utah's June primary because a $500 check from his campaign bounced. Gingrich said, oh, we don't have a lot of money and we have a lot of debt because our campaign got very excited in Florida. And... After Romney spent so much in Florida, I think some of our guys decided to try to match him, and we didn't have Wall Street behind us. Why, whenever his campaign does shit wrong, he's like, our guys decided to spend money. You want to run the budget of the nation. You can't run the budget of your tiny, shitty little campaign. You can't control the guys who are like, let's try to spend $20 million to match Romney. You don't have the money. How could you possibly get out of the race, Greg Papa Bear? 
get out of the race and can go back to your old job touring the nation, signing autographs as the original Pillsbury Doughboy. What you are meant to do. I mean, holy balls, man. What does President Obama represent when it comes to race in our country? This is a question put to Bill Cosby, who for some reason was on Meet the Press. David Gregory asked him, with the explosion of African-American history and celebration, and also the confronting of real challenges African-Americans still encounter, what does Obama represent? And here's Bill Cosby answering that question. And when you listen to this clip, do me a favor and try to follow what Bill Cosby is saying. I listened to it 14 times. I cannot understand a word that he said. I kind of I hear the words, but the flow of logic is very hard to follow. And also, um, could a human being speak slower? I don't believe it's possible for a human being to speak slower. Check out this clip. All you hear people talk about is what he didn't do. To come from what he has asked to take over and do in the time to behave as an American, to put up with those who were, in my estimation, acting very un-American, to get rid of those people, it took longer than patients should allow. But he tried to bring us together. He- it and people wanted to see the man do the thing that he does. But the people don't know who the president is until he speaks slower than Maya Angelou. That shit doesn't even rhyme. I love Bill Cosby, legendary comedian, but pick up the pace a little, bro. Good Lord. Another announcement real quick. I'll be hosting the L.A. Family Housing Awards, a charity event, this Thursday night, the 19th of April, 2012. Um, for this great organization that helps families transition out of homelessness and poverty through a continuum of housing and rich with supportive services to help them get back on their feet and find jobs. It's at The Lot in West Hollywood. More info at LAFH.org. Also, I uh, just made a deal to uh, be on six specials on the Sci-Fi Network. Um, they'll be starting to air in May. Things like Top Backyard Blow-Ups and Homegrown Inventions and top homemade superheroes and i'll be doing a comedic commentary on those shows I already shot the first two should be a lot of fun uh and uh i'll be at zany's nashville april 26th through 29th vegas the paris hotel and casino may 3rd 4th and 5th with arden marine and chelsea lately tonight april 18th and on may 2nd and subscribe to my youtube channel come on man do what's cool youtube.com slash men are getting brazilian waxes Men are getting Brazilian waxes. Some are calling it the Boyzillion or the Brozillion. Um, but male bikini waxing is the latest trend tearing literally across the nation. Um, please, no. Please do not let this occur. Please, I don't want this to happen. I would like to not have hot wax put on my balls and then ripped quickly off. You might take a ball with you. You don't know. 
You saw that scene in 40-year-old version. The guy gets bloody on his chest. It's a, it's a hard plate. Somewhat hard on some people. Mine's not the hardest, but whatever. It's hard on my... The sack... We're going to tear, and the president comes around and takes the waxy paper and pulls the hair off the balls, and everybody wins except the testicles, which are not winning at all. The testicles are losing root to the rational ruling for the puzzle pulling balls and says, kill the center down the sting, the president man to do the thing. So please don't do that, okay? El Salvador has a murder-free day. The Central American country, plagued by bloodthirsty gangs, marked its first day without a murder in three years this last Saturday. After years, the murders reached alarming levels up to 18 per day. We saw not one homicide, said President Carlos Mauricio Funes. The average number of murders has risen in recent years from 12 a day in 2009 to 18 a day this year, but only... Zero on Saturday. Good luck tomorrow, guys. Obama friend, CNN pundit Hillary Rosen, gotten very hot water this week, saying something very controversial. Said Ann Romney, Mitt's wife, hasn't worked a day in her life because she's a housewife. Here's the audio clip. Hear it for yourself. What you have is is Mitt Romney running around the country saying, well, you know, my wife tells me that what women really care about are economic issues. And when I listen to my wife, that's what I'm hearing. Guess what? His wife has actually never worked a day in her life. She's she's never really dealt with the kinds of economic issues that a majority of the women in this country are facing. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Not good statement. Um, it's caused a firestorm. Republicans jumped on it. Romney campaign jumped on it. And Romney started a Twitter account saying, uh, it's pretty hard work raising five boys, Snapple Dapple. She didn't add the I added that last part. You probably knew that. But the point is, they're trying to make it now seem like they're trying to tie her to Obama. She's not even officially part of the Obama campaign. They're saying, oh, this is Obama's war on women. Michelle Bachman goes on Meet the Press and says, what has become Romney's new line also in response to this, the real war on women is Obama's war on women because 92% of jobs lost under Obama have apparently been women. Apparently it's a sort of true statistic because it's shifted the fields that layoffs have been happening more to teaching and to other fields like that. Um, but like Obama's intentionally trying to get rid of women's jobs, the economy is bad in general, getting a little better, but it's not like Obama's like, what we want to do is uh, focus the job losses on women. Because they're weaker, and it'll be harder for them to fight back. I mean, that didn't happen. I promise it didn't happen. But they use such hyperbolic language when they're the ones who are trying to roll back advancements in women's rights that are settled for 50 years. Birth control rights and abortion rights. and I mean, it's, it's absolutely insane. Bachman said that if they're going to attack people who are doing the hardest job in the world, really? Listen, I have enormous respect for stay-at-home moms. My own mom was largely a stay-at-home mom. My brother Ron and I, I'm sure, were no peaches to raise. And it's a lot of work. But the hardest job in the world? What about hostage negotiators, Navy SEALs, president? Because also, if it's the hardest job in the world, then are all women who choose to work while raising kids bad people because they're leaving the hardest job in the world? 
without somebody doing that full time? I don't know if you guys are aware, but putting this podcast on each week is the hardest job in the world. Harder than being a marble sculptor, an Iranian nuclear scientist, sheet changer of the old age home, Lindsay Lohan's publicist. This is a hard job. Look, point is, podcast is a lot of work. I'm sure it's not as hard as being a stay-at-home parent. That's very difficult. Kids are paying the ass a lot of stuff to take care of. But neither is the hardest in the world. The world's a big place. A lot of different jobs out there. But they're making a big issue of it, the Romney campaign, which would be sort of permissible if Romney hadn't said just as offensive things from his own mouth. Did he? Yeah, just in January. Check out this clip. And I wanted to increase the work requirement. I said, for instance, that even if you have a child two years of age, you need to go to work. And people said, well, that's heartless. And I said, no, no, I'm I'm willing to spend more giving daycare to allow those those parents to go back to work. It'll cost the state more providing that daycare. But I want the individuals to have the dignity of work. All right. Yeah. All right is right. Because he's saying stay-at-home moms don't have the dignity of work. That's from his own mouth. How do you make a whole issue of something Obama didn't even say, call it Obama's war on women, when you said it's not even dignity of work to stay at home and be a mom? You hypocritical robot. Robots aren't supposed to be hypocritical. It's supposed to shut down your system. I should. That's what's supposed to happen. I realize women shouldn't have the dignity of programming confusion. That's what's supposed to happen. Computer robot shutdown. Well, Obama's ahead of, of Romney. 19 points with women voters. Ceasefire in Syria actually takes hold. For a minute, then stops again. It seems it was working after the initial attacks the day it was supposed to start. Then the ceasefire started happening. There was some semblance of peace for a few days. And then some shelling started again. And apparently there's violence again now. The UN sending a peacekeeping group to watch and try to say, please don't kill people. And it's still in development. More on this next week, I am sure. George Zimmerman arrested. Booyah. Finally, some action from Florida. Special Prosecutor Angela Corey will charge and has charged George Zimmerman in connection with the shooting death of Trayvon Martin with second-degree murder. Dude's in jail. Shit's happening. Shit's moving. And our last story before I bring on my guest, Felicia Day. The Buffett rule was to be voted on by Congress this week. After months of buildup, the Senate just voted on legislation that makes the Warren Buffett rule the idea that no millionaire should pay a lower effective tax rate than an average middle-class American. Started when... Buffett realized his secretary paid more taxes than he did, which is obviously insane. The guy's a billionaire. Remember, there's people on planet Earth. They call him the Oracle of Omaha. When you call the Oracle, you're pretty rich or you're starring in a Matrix movie, okay? The bill was expected to fail on a party-line vote thanks to a Republican filibuster and thus show voters where the two parties' priorities actually lie. The legislation would make people who earn over a million dollars a year, a million pay just 30% of their income to the federal government. If loopholes and current benefits in the existing tax code would bring their burden below 30%. The top rate is 35%. It wouldn't even make millionaires pay the top rate. It would just say at least 30. The top rate, FYI, under Clinton was 39.6%. It was 28% under Reagan. That's close to 30. And get this, in 1986, after President Ronald Reagan, the Republicans' hero, passed tax reform, 
All kinds of income, capital gains, wages, dividends, salaries, were all taxed at the exact same rate. And now capital gains income is 15% taxation. Reagan wanted it. They should have called this the Reagan rule and not the Buffett rule. And then Republicans would have had a harder time voting as anything called Reagan. Why don't the Democrats just call it that? Why can't Democrats be better at doing what's right than the right is at doing what's wrong? Not the right's always wrong, but sometimes they're wrong and they're good at being wrong and the left is not good at being right. Does that make any sense? I confused myself. I didn't. Sort of I did. But this attempt did fail. Republicans blocked the measure in a very partisan debate. Democrats cast it as a bid for fairness that would end the circumstance in which billionaires pay a lower percentage than their secretaries. And Republicans said it's a political gimmick and an attempt by Obama to give more Americans, quote, a free ride. It was blocked 51 to 45 in a filibuster vote. Only two Republicans crossed party lines. Susan Collins of Maine, Senator Susan Collins, and Senator Mark Pryor of Arkansas. And they should be applauded and lifted up and have Gatorade dumped on them like champions for having their own brains. Senator John Kyle from Arizona countered that statistics show that the rich are paying plenty and it's the bottom half of the income ladder that is doing too little. Quote, you've got the top 10% of taxpayers paying 70% of all the taxes, earning 45% only of the income. Those are certainly the wealthy, and they're certainly paying a big share. How about less wealthy? The bottom 95%, he said. In other words, everybody but the top 5% pays 41.3% of income taxes, but earns 65% of the money of the income. Is this fair? All right, Senator Kyle, maybe it's not exactly even, but can your rich dudes help out a little during a very hard time in the country? Can you pay a little bit more than the exact percentage? And many of you are paying a zero. Many millionaires are paying zero. Last year, 7,000 millionaires didn't pay a single penny on their federal income taxes. Harry Reid, Senate Majority Leader of the Democrats, pointed out. And he says millionaires and billionaires aren't paying their fair share and aren't sharing the pain or sacrifice one bit. Now, here's another crazy part of it, of our stupid tax code. The Joint Committee on Taxation estimates that 51% of all households had either zero or negative income tax liability in 2009. Republican Kyle suggested that it's the middle class and the poor then who were not sacrificing. Quote, people who do not share in the sacrifice of paying taxes have little direct incentive to care whether the government is spending too, too much or taxing too much. Maybe that's why the president has no problem with even more Americans getting a free ride. They're not trying to get a free ride, Senator. They're just following the current tax code because they're poor. They're not going to pay more than they're asked to pay. So can't we meet in the fucking middle and find a solution? Can't we make that 51% pay something fair and also make millionaires pay something fair or even something, those who aren't? Must it crash and burn along straight party lines? Apparently so. Because we have an incredibly stupid two-party system that votes as a block instead of being reasonable and using their own minds to decide their own opinions issue by issue. Fuck balls. I need to calm down. I need to calm down and take a deep breath. I want to bring my guest on. She's a very sweet person. I need to compose myself. 
and be a gentleman. Breathe, Benny boy. Breathe. And the time has arrived to introduce my guest for this last week on Earth. Um, her name is Felicia Day. You guys might know her as the character of V from the TV show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, from movies such as Bring It On Again, June, and perhaps you know her best from the very well-respected and beloved internet musical Dr. Horrible sing-along blog. And she's also the star and writer and producer of her own web series, The Guild, which is pretty much one of the most popular web series of all time. Um, she won Best Female Actor in a Comedy at the Streamy Awards. She, uh, her shows have over 69 million upload views on YouTube. And I don't know what an upload view is even, but it views. And um, won so many awards. Best Show and YouTube Awards, Yahoo Awards, South by Southwest, Greenlight Award. And her new web series, The Flog, on the Geek and Sundry channel on YouTube, just debuted a couple of weeks ago. She started this channel. Please welcome to Last Week on Earth, Felicia Day. Hi. What's up, Felicia? It's not not nothing. It's not not nothing? It's not nothing. That was, that was such an auspicious entry. It really was. It was a lot. You talked a lot about me. Well, you know, when if not on a podcast, long form, where can I? Yeah. No, there's no editing here, huh? No, and it would be creepier if I was talking a lot about you, not to an audience. My mom did that to me when I was a kid. Did she? She'd be like, you know, Felicia is a ballerina. And blah, blah. I'm like, mom, I'm here. I'm right here. I'm right here. That's a saleswoman. Stop it is. talking about me. And thank you for being here because you've been a little bit under the weather and I feel I feel so bad yeah. that I made you come here. There that's you go. Windows. Yeah. That's, it, that's hot. That's so hot. It's so hot. That is uh, awesome. There's, there's, it's called snot. It is. And it's, it's in there. It's snot. I was in Beville last three days, and I emailed you, and I was like, I'm really sick, dude. And you were like, come anyway. So yeah. here I am. So there's infection inside this mic. So oh, your good. next guest will be infected. We'll just dip it in barbicide. All right, if you have that. I don't. But I could easily break into a barbershop. They have, they have huge glass walls in the front. They have a lot of it. It, it, yeah. can't, it has to be. There's. They have more. Do you think you could just put blue Kool-Aid in a thing and call it barbicide? Would there be a difference? I don't know. What is in barbicide anyway? It's the It's murdered barber juice. Oh, they to kill all of them. Blood? Yeah, Barbers? Of course. That's how weird. else do you think you keep your focus when you're on top of someone's head with shears? That's true. You have oh. to remain very focused. Yeah. Let's tell people how we know each other right out the gates. I we know each other through improv. This is very true. It's really true. So when you were like, "Come see my podcast," I was like, "Ben." Yeah, it's been a long time. I know it's really long, but we look the same age, right? We look exactly. You look the same age. No. I've aged horribly. But no, you haven't. Really? No, you look fine. Thank you. No, you look trim. You're I trim. Do? You look like you Thanks. look your pecs. I just felt one. Yeah, you did. That's I don't know fine. if they're called pecs as much as they are soft man titties, well, but. <laughs> There's something, there's definitely a shape there's there you can grab. There's stuff under there. Yeah, there's, there is. There's substance. Now I feel very self-conscious. Why? I don't know. Because I touched your boob? No, I haven't I'm, seen you I'm probably good. five, six years? I know. Just grab it. Hey, that's how I roll. So we started at the Empty Stage Theater together. Exactly. And uh, my first, I don't even know if you remember this part of it, but when I first went down to meet the director of the play, Stan Wells, and he was trying to sell me on joining the troupe, um, he put me into a scene intentionally with you. My first scene there was with you. What? Because he wanted me to be with one of the best. Are you kidding? I swear to God. Well, that was nice. And we did a scene together and you were hilarious. And I thought, this is the talent we got here. Let's do this. Oh my God. I think that was, you know, that place has so many talented people. It it's really so was. awesome. 
I just saw Kristen Wiggs. Like I just I saw Bridesmaid last night, and I watched her. I was like, oh my god, I knew her win. Yeah, Kristen Wiggs was there with us. Yeah, she was always like, uh, like a senior to my freshman. Same year. here, same here. She was, she was in like this other improv group that was ahead of us. Right. What was it like? Water Brains or something? No, it wasn't the Water Brains. She was, was it was that us? That one with Chris, uh, the director, Chris. Right, right. They right. had like this special group that they right. Did. That was like elite. And I right. always was like, that's the funniest chick I ever knew. Exactly. Same here. And I never, I didn't, I don't think I really did shows with her. Maybe no, a couple, no. but like, on the, but generally there were a couple uh, rehearsal days yeah. that we did together. Yes, we would rehearse together. We would rehearse together. And I just thought she was brilliant. Yeah, I, she was always the funniest girl in the class. She does the funniest two were black the funniest woman. Girl, but- impression that she'll probably never do yeah how come she doesn't do that on Saturday night it's not real political or correct yeah but whatever I don't know if it works it works yeah whatever so yeah yeah, she was really funny I remember I actually called her I remember I thought she was so damn funny I was watching her and I got her number to put her in like a video or something yeah and a year had passed I didn't have anything to put her in and I just called her up randomly I was like I just want to let you know like I'm sorry I stole my main didn't put you in but I think you're so talented I know you're gonna have a huge huge career and she was like really touched by it. She was like, Oh my God, thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, that's, that's so, so sweet. Nice. And then like maybe less than a year later, she got SNL and things yeah, yeah, yeah. are different now. No, it's true. I'm sure she's still a nice person though. You can well, just kind of tell. Totally. Yeah. She seems very cool. And you were always hilarious to work with. I loved working at the empty stage with you. Well, thank you. I had a lot of fun. It was a, an environment where you felt like you could really be yourself and you could find yourself. And yeah. It wasn't like really sceney and very Hollywoody and the fact that other people were very competitive and didn't want you to be funny. Mm-hmm. It was like just a really loving, fostering environment where people could really find who they, their voice. Yeah. And I think that's hard to find in this town. So I think it's sad that we don't have that anymore. And hopefully there are other places in town that people can feel like that. Yeah, for sure. And then also from a lot of other people that you end up working with, Jeff Lewis from the Guild and as well Sandeep. as Sandeep Three. also. Yeah, no, both of them. I wrote those parts for them because I played with them at Envy Stage. And I yeah. was always like, hey, these guys are so funny. Hilarious. I, uh, I instantly thought of them f- for, you know, I'm going to write parts for them. Yeah, so. Jeff Lewis cracked me up so hardcore. He was actually... One time I used him, uh, I cast him for a role. I used to have his talk show called The Glebe Show on National Lampoon Network, and I cast him to play the Grim Reaper. I thought he said it's like <laughs> perfect face for it. He was painted green oh and, and white, but it was the most messed up thing. He's wearing a cloak and he's all green and white. And it was like not the most organized show in the world. It's kind of low budget. We're at Rally Studios and like I'm wearing a billion hats. And so yeah. the one thing I couldn't really handle was like making sure that my guest actors for the day were like being treated properly yeah and so at one point we even he was stuck in his dressing room for like a couple hours and they called lunch and no one told him oh no which i felt so horrible and he kind of like got really pissed and was like chewing out my stage manager and the like stage director of the show what? as the grim reaper it was literally death shouting at somebody it was oh, so i felt so much like, i'm so that. sorry i know it was because he's so funny when he yells i can't imagine great. like him taking him seriously he, he was a- actually kind of serious Oh, well, he has a kid now, and I can't. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's the cutest kid ever. I'm always like, "What? Are you sure this is your kid?" I he plays ask, Vork on the. Yes, guild. he plays Vork, and I'm like, "This kid is way too cute to come out of any part of you, <laughs> sir." And then didn't you do the Fortune Room with me too? I did the Fortune Room a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, this was musical random, yeah. improv show that they started. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I really liked that show. It a was lot. really fun. It was really late, and as you know, mm-hmm. I famously do not stay up late. No, this is the latest you've ever been up in your life. I was like, it's eight thirty. Okay, <laughs> you were like, do you want to come around at ten? I'm like, absolutely. Not. No, you do not. No, I do not, sir. <laughs> I really, you know, the one thing is that I cannot give up is sleep. So I've sacrificed all social activities in order to get the sleep done. I'm the exact opposite. 
I just really? give up sleep and I'll do every, I'll work for like 20 hours straight and people be like, Hey, you want to come to bar me or something? I'm like, I'll be there. Oh, really? And then I just don't sleep. That's why you have friends. That's why I do have me, friends. I have good skin. You do have very nice skin. Well, cause I sleep a lot. Oh, you, you just touched my skin. I just touched it. Oh. You touched my boobs. Well, is it soft? Is it soft? Your skin is very soft. It's very soft. My right? hand melted into your face. It's buttery. It was kind of buttery. It was well, like a summer's dream. I keep it buttered. Do you keep your face buttered? Just that cheek. That's interesting. Yeah. You keep your left cheek buttered. Well, you know, you got to keep it smooth somehow. It's true. Yeah. It's one of the cheapest ways because a stick of butter goes a long way. It goes a long way. I started sculpting butter. For what? Just for fun. Stoned a couple evenings here in the apartment. And then I'll tweet pictures of it, of my butter sculptures. What, what what was the last sculpture you did? I've only done three. And the what last one, well, one was an old man. And then one was like a crazy dreamscape. This like crazy it was like a volcano exploding, all these people running, but it just kind of became that, and you had to look at it a certain way to really see that. Yeah, I can't imagine that you could get that much detail there. That one was just kind of mashed butter, but it had shapes. Okay. And then the other one was like a creepy, like, like kind of like a, like a carnival mask. Oh. Uh, but I was just here one day watching like extra commercial for extra came on, and some actress was like, "You should try sculpting butter. It's fun." It was like the teaser going to commercial. No. I'm like, I'm trying this. And I have sticks of butter now in my so fridge you, and I keep some them. some chick on Extra inspired you to, for your this hobby? I just heard even the – I don't even watch Extra. It was like seven seconds I skimmed by. I'm like, this sounds like a great idea. I love Play-Doh. I don't have any. I do have butter. Oh, boy. And then, and then you keep them in your fridge. You should use Crisco. And people think you're creepy. Crisco. Really? Well, you should use like a – because it's white. It's pure. It could be like alabaster. That's true. If, if I wanted an alabaster pliant? skin. Yeah. It's a little more pliant. Yeah, but I feel like it wouldn't hold shape as well as butter. It will if you keep it cold. That's the same with butter, too. You have to keep it very yeah, you cold. Have to, well, that's what I was saying. Butter will melt. They even recommend crisco. you wear gloves and keep it Because place. you could keep the Crisco for years. You could just collect mm. it in your fr- freezer and mm-hmm. then be like, hey, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a show. Yeah. I kept all my butter sculptures in the freezer until, and I started dating a girl recently, and then we, she became my girlfriend, and then she discovered them. Two months into the relationship, two, three months in. What? We're not together anymore. Well, yeah. I had old man butterheads in my refrigerator. No, that's creepy. Do you I mean, any- if you had had an old man in your freezer, that's I would have... Worse. It's, it's worse. It's worse, yeah. Yeah, I said, this is not a real old man. He's a butter man. He looks delicious. Why would you... I don't like this woman. No, it's not why we broke up, but it, it probably is. contributed. She, is her intolerance contributed. That's what it is. It's yeah. like you got to open your mind to a man who has butter inspirations. You have to have... You have to be open-minded. You have to, because in life, that's all you got. That... Or if you have a closed mind, then how are you going to see? I'm really glad you dumped her. Right. Let's say it that way. Sure. Okay. I like to f- keep my image phrased that way. <laughs> Do you have any strange habits that people would find strange if they looked in your apartment? Um, strange habits. Um, I mean, I like to keep things clean. Interesting. Bit of a neat freak, huh? Yeah, I like to bathe. I bathe a lot. You bathe a lot? Well, in the morning and at night. Some really? People don't Too- do that twice a day. Baths or showers? Well, I take a bath. What's, and then I take a shower. Is the bath early or is the bath late? Uh, I mean, usually late. Usually like That's take, easier to unwind evening, with the bath. If you were, bath. If you I have a claw foot morning. tub. I have a claw foot tub. It, when we were, when we were moving into the house, um, I couldn't afford a claw foot tub. They're very expensive. Yeah. And randomly during the renovation, I got a job on Monk. Yeah. A guest star. Yeah. And I was like, this whole check is going to buy a bathtub. Nice. So I took it and I bought my bathtub. This is, I have two related questions to that. Question one is who's the we that moved in? And question two is what is a clawfoot tub? Uh, uh, a clawfoot tub is a bathtub with feet on it. For real? Yeah. What do you mean? You know, it's, it has like legs. Yeah. 
Haven't you ever seen a French place? Yeah. It's like on metal legs. It's like what you see in like movie starring Kate Winslet and the, yes. she's being bathed in the middle of a big open chamber. Yes, oh, I nice. have one of those. But I feel like those are less comfortable than modern tubs. They're lower and wider and have like a – you can really no. lounge in them. This one has a special – this one has a special sort of ergonomic thing going on. And it's the widest French clawfoot tub that you could get. Okay. So it's not like narrow. It's so it's crazy. a modern French clawfoot tub. It's modern-esque. Modern-esque. Yeah. It's very old, but it's just trying to be ahead of its time. It is. I mean, it's it's a nice tub. Who's the we? Listen, you, yeah, it's, you know. Somebody. Yeah. Okay, good. You're a big bather. You're going to scrub your face down because I touched it the second you get out I, of here. I am a little germaphobic, but but I'm sick now, so you should actually scrub this microphone down and your, oh and your whole place. I didn't even think about that. I mean, I'm I'm literally shedding disease right now. I'm going to tent this place, and then you should. Do I stay in it when I when it gets tented to get it off of me too, or do I? I don't know. Delouse elsewhere. You need to bathe yourself in alcohol later. That's an idea. Okay. Tell us for a moment about your new web series, The Flog, and about your new channel. You started the Geek and Sundry channel on YouTube. I did. Well, I did it with two other ladies. We're ready the whole thing. So it's a uh, it's a lot. Let me just tell you this. Do not think that, hey, that's a good idea to start a network with no, <laughs> with no office. Uh, Did you learn nothing from Oprah? I think Oprah probably had at least an assistant. True. I think Oprah probably had an office. Also true. Also true. She probably had a wardrobe budget and, you know, I mean, she probably had other resources. And she have. still can't make it work. She can make it work. She's, she's, she's struggling. It's struggling. Strug- big time struggling. What? They're laying off people. They're, she's begging people to watch on Twitter. It's, Peggy Nielsen family to tune in. It was a big the, controversy. What is on there? What's on there? Her, her I think it's Oprah. There's the Oprah couch show. There's Oprah. Is there? Bathing in a cloth tub. I don't tub. think she's actually doing a show on her own. She does network. have one show. Oh, I think she, she has an interview show, kind of a la her old talk show. But then the other thing, they just cancel Rosie O'Donnell's talk show. And then oh. Gail has a show. And they have like Oprah's like superstars where it's like Dr. Oz and this person and that person all give advice to people. And like, it's a lot of like change your life shows. It doesn't make sense to launch a cable show now. You'd think that if she had done it on the internet, it would have been smarter. Yeah. Cause much lower saying? threshold. You need so, so many viewers to be successful on the television. Yeah. But I was reading like for stars, like party down, like the last episode had mm-hmm. like, I was, I, I read like it was 250,000 people. That's watching. it. Yeah. I heard that was a wonderful show. I've never seen it. I know. I really want to watch it, but, uh. It's but, about caterers, right? A hilarious I, show about caterers. Yeah. What's well, really funny people. Yeah. But like, I read that and it, maybe I'm mistaken, but I remember it being a phenomenally low number of people watching some of these cable shows. And I was thinking, well, I know people on the internet who get like two million of views. Right. Views every single. You are one of them. Well, I don't get that many. I'm not like one well, of the Well, the guild superstars. does. The guild does. The guild gets very respectable numbers, but like some of these YouTube vloggers get yeah, literally two true. million people watching a week. And, and it's just dudes with spiky hair sharing their opinions. Yeah. And like occasionally cutting into photos. They're probably not licensing. Yeah. And yeah, the enormous following. But I'm saying, why are those people... Why are there not shows being built? I mean, like, that is nothing to laugh about. They, that is seriously like the next generation. So it's interesting that you can't make that much money on the web when in fact there's driving as much audience. Right. Why wouldn't the ad rates be the same? I it's mean, just not there yet. I mean, unfortunately, but I if will those be. those number of people. I know. I will be old and then suddenly somebody doing the exact same thing I'm doing now will be really rich and I'll be like <laughs> the old lady that people are like, Oh, you inspire me. And I'm like, Well, I'm poor. <laughs> I'm in a, I'm in an old folks home. <laughs> Back when I was a young girl, we had the internet. We, uh, I started, we, uh, we, we shot on SD. <laughs> SD. 
<laughs> not hologram? No, SD. It's standard. It was okay, the standard Grandma. back then. Now we have miniature butter people all recreated in your living room. <laughs> It's very interesting, but you're doing good with it. So tell me a little bit. No, I can't complain. We started a whole network from scratch. YouTube asked for people to pitch a whole slate of stuff. And I was like, well, I've always been complaining that I would love to make more than one show at once. Mm -hmm. We did uh, this thing called Dragon Age and Guild Season 5 last year at the same time. And it was phenomenally hard. But I think I learned from that lesson how to, what we needed in order to make six shows at once. Right. So, you know, this opportunity came up and I was like, okay, it was either that or literally do a TV show. Like I got offered a series regular on a really cool show. You and, turned it down? Uh, I decided to instead do the internet thing. What show? Was I'm it? not going to say. No, it was something, I don't even know. It's if the it new went, girl. Actually. You could have been Zoe yes. Deschanel. I could, no, no, I wish. I mean, I, I no, I would you like wouldn't to be do on that show though. You would? Because you were saying a minute ago that you felt no, like, like TV a is a star. sellout. Like you, it's not a sellout. It's like different from what I want to do. I, I, I wanted to make sure before I jump at TV that I feel like I've done everything I want to do on the web and starting a network where I can, even if I'm doing something else at the same time. Like if I decide one day to like do a TV series or whatever, I have a place where I could keep making web series, keep helping people sure. do stuff. You know, because when I put together the slate, I like went to the people I love the most, like my friend Will Wheaton and my friends Veronica and Dark Horse and my producer Kim, who be developed some stuff. And I was like, "Hey, we have the money to actually make this stuff. It's right. not going to be easy because it's not a lot of money, but it's enough money that we can make these shows, and I think we can make them successful um, in a way that people underestimate." Uh, I'm I, I'm kind of a contrary person, and I never <laughs> want to do anything that other people have already done before. So I'd rather kind of fail try to do something that has not been done before than just be like, okay, let's do a TV show and I know exactly right. what that's going to be in 10 years. But do you think that the web is at a place now, like if, if your channel is very successful, if your network, the Geek and Sundry channel um, is a, is a hit, can that, can that satisfy your career or do you still have to or want to shift into TV movies at some point? Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely thinking longer term that, you know, I definitely need to do something in that, you know, I'm hoping that the two kind of meld a little bit, but I don't know if it's going to happen so quickly. So, I mean, my, my ideal situation would be to keep doing all my web series, keep developing. And if I, de- and if I decided to do a TV series or pitch one, it would be something that had a, a strong web component and was in, like unique in a way where mm-hmm. you could build across the two platforms in a way. Right. Cause it's really very two different places. Like people on the internet, you know, uh, don't necessarily watch TV very much. That's true. I, mean, I don't watch TV. Yeah, unfortunately. I've, I don't watch, I watch like two shows and that's it. Yeah. And then why do you need to pay for cable if you that's watch two true. shows? That's a good point. I know I like getting it on a bigger screen, but I guess you can't even you can. pretty much now. Yeah. I just got this. I was just given this PS3 and I can plug oh, it yeah. in and Netflix or Hulu. There. Yeah. I mean, true. You can buy it. I like band. getting live feeds. I like to be able to watch the Oscars on the TV. It's still like for live events is what TV is great yes. for. That's the big difference. But all, but, but I, I'm the same as you. Like artistically, I have a strict rule that I will not do a television series until offered to do one. Yeah. Then I'm in. Wait, it's a different a standard than yours. It's a, My standard is just, please give me a TV show. Yeah. Somebody. Hello? Anybody listening? I mean, when I need to make health insurance later this year, I'll, I'll be. Because you're singing a different tune at that point. No, I mean... I, well, you I do just, a ton of guest stars. You just I did do. Supernatural. Well, that's, and- no, it's great. I mean, that's literally what keeps me going. Like, being able to do that and then going back and forth. I mean, I'm not complaining at all. Like, yeah. I'm just saying that, you know, to me, I feel like I I was an actress for eight years, and I mm-hmm. knew I came very close to getting a lot of really big series, and I kind of self destructed because I'm not a good auditioner. Mm, but like, here. I know exactly what that will be. Like, I have friends on series. I know what that life is. It's an awesome life. But like, I'm not ready 
right now to jump into that life and not kind of follow through all these things that I've done. I feel like I have a reputation to uphold in a sense. Mm-hmm, sure. Like I really do want to open the doors that people haven't been through. Yeah, you have and tons yeah. of fans. Yeah, and then one day, I mean, I guess maybe they won't be there. Then I'll need to make money. <laughs> what you need to do is get rid hopefully of your fans not. as fast as possible. No, hopefully And then not. jump to TV. Hopefully not. Can I be your career advisor? You, Forget you your fans <laughs> and then just sell out and do horrible television. No, I can't do that. I can't All right. do it. All right. I'd strongly disagree. That's you do I'm that saying. for me. Okay. Next time they call me up, I'll be like, I know a guy to bit. <laughs> he looks nothing like me. He's a man. He's fine. He's exactly <laughs> what I would be were I in this in your shoes. He has great breasts. I'll tell you that much. Soft and pillowy. Like butter. Let's <laughs> say exactly. I knew they were soft and pillowy. See, the truth comes out now. They're like huge gnocchi. Oh, yep. my God. Gnocchi's harder. You can, it, it, it's needed, but then it kind of settles. It's very heavy in your stomach. It is. Afterwards. Yeah, so are my breasts. What oh does that even mean? I don't want to think about that. I don't know what that means. So the guild, tell me, okay, you are a huge gamer in your personal life, and you had this idea. How did the guild come about, and why did you decide to focus on that to actually make that happen as opposed to the million other avenues you can take in life? Um, I just decided to do it because it was uh, like it was a project. It frightened me, and I decided – I was so bored with life, like just doing guest stars and acting, mm-hmm. and that I was like anything to, to make this stuff up. Right. Uh so yeah, I just I I just wrote the script. I made myself write it uh because I didn't want to write it. I was like I had the idea for like 9 months before, mm. but I was just a lazy ass. Yeah. I did not get off my butt and I gave myself a deadline of the first of the year and I did maybe 5 pages and then mm-hmm. so on the 31st I wrote like 22 pages. Really? Yep. Until 11:59 I was writing. Really? And I got it done. Did you stop writing at it was, it was like 11.50. It was 11.50 when I actually finished. Wow. I mean, it was pretty, it was an amazing feeling of accomplishment when I actually made myself do something that I did not want to do. Yeah, no kidding. So, and that's literally where, I mean, if I hadn't got my ass in gear, I would not be here. And then do you think, yeah, you would never be on this podcast? I'm not on this podcast. No way. This is for winners. You would be an old friend from improv and be like, hey, great to see you, Felicia. Yeah, I gotta I was, go. I saw you on that Fritos commercial last week. You'd be like, hey, Felicia. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so did you, when you had the idea and originally you wanted it to be a TV show and then people encouraged you to shift it to the web, right? Well, it was my co-producer, Kim Evie, who read it and she had, uh, taught a writing class. The one writing class I ever took was a sketch writing class in Acme Comedy Theater in town. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Hey, we should just web because I've been doing some web series, uh, little web videos and that's really popular and that's where your audience is. And I was like, okay, let's do it. I never picked up a camera. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I had zero, zero, zero knowledge except for being on sets as an actor. Mm-hmm. So... It was it was very friendly, but when I get a project, like I love to focus on something, like I'm very myopic. That's a hundred percent. Like that's why I'm obsessed with video games. So, because I'll turn everything off for eight hours at a time, I'll be like, well, I wish I could have played for twelve. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I decided, hey, we're gonna do this, I was like, let's do it, and it was all me and her and one, you know, the director. That's it. That is it. And did you have any idea that the, that it would be a big hit? Oh no. No, there's no expectation. I was, we uploaded for fun, but then when the minute you started refreshing and seeing people actually yeah. watching it, that was like the addiction. That, that's yeah. what keeps me going. I remember I got your first email when you first launched the first episode and I read it and I'm like, oh, cool. He's doing certain. I read it. I'm like, it's about these gamers in this world. I'm just like, oh, this is awesome. Good for her. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to be anything. No, 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 nobody did. It's amazing. Nobody hit, I mean, it was just sheer determination and like, a lot of people have awesome ideas. Uh, you know, it's really, that's the thing about web. You know, you have to go that extra three quarters of the step. You know, mm-hmm. it's a quarter is making the thing and then three quarters is selling it. That's the annoying part though. It's so much, you have to be your own marketing machine. I mean, it's freeing that you can do it at least, but yeah. 
is it ever frustrating that you have to then figure out so how do you do it? you have to figure out the campaign or how you're going to present each episode and how you're going to tweet about it and how you're going to i mean i just don't think about it in like a traditional sense i just think how am i going to find the person who wants to watch this i mean it really it's not i don't have any background in it and i don't i don't like being marketed to i think it's gross i agree so i just try to be honest like guys if you don't support me i just can't do this anymore I mean, that's literally geek and sundry. If we don't get enough subscribers, we don't get enough views this year, we don't get to do more. Right. I mean, that's just the bottom line. I don't think a lot of people realize it, but, you know, I think having somebody out there representing this artistic process in a way and like being transparent about it and being honest about how hard it is, about how mm-hmm. what we go through, like fans are all of our extras are fans. Like people that's understand cool. how we make the show mm-hmm. in a way that probably they don't understand TV and film. I mean, and that's kind of the weird part is like, you know, you do something for the web and people compare you to like a $200 million movie. And it's like, right. do you guys understand? <laughs> I don't know if they do. Like I, mm. even before I went out a huge movie set, I didn't understand how many people and how much equipment right. it took. And, you know, the fact we're trying to duplicate that on no money and almost no equipment was like, it looks damn fine, guys. Yeah, it does. And that's the weird gap because you were saying a minute ago, but then there's the guys that are just vloggers that literally just have a camera on their computer yeah. and they're getting millions of views. Yeah. But somehow people accept that and they're cool with the low tech and no production value of that. But then when you jump to any production value, they yeah. expect it to be like a movie. Yeah. So it's almost like, yeah, it really is interesting. It's almost like uh there is... The no middle ground. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the more lo-fi it looks, the better for internet audience. Or you got to look amazing. Yeah, there's no middle ground. I learned that with Dragon Age. You know, I did. I I did that on a very very low budget and tried to pull off a fantasy world. I think we did really well. Especially, I know what, what we had to make it on, and, mm-hmm. and it's like phenomenally hard. And you know, some of the comparisons are like, oh, this these I don't like these special effects and the, all this. And I'm like, do you understand? <laughs> you know, this doesn't look like a uh, Terminator. And I was just like, what are you talking about? Yeah. One of the rings was so much better than this. <laughs> but I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you can't judge that. That's the truth. Right. That's their truth. That's the audience's truth. And there's always going to be haters argue with, with everything, it. though, too. Well, it's... yeah. I mean, listen, I've seen every hateful thing ever said right. by, about a human. And it's been directed <laughs> toward me. So there's literally nothing you can do to phase me right now. You literally cannot say anything that I haven't heard already 10 times more hateful. <laughs> but now, I remember seeing you before the guild started, like, probably was about five, six years ago. You all of a sudden were appearing in like every commercial. I saw you in this yeah. Coca-Cola commercial and in this, you were like in every big commercial. I was so proud of you because it was, you had this like great cinematic presence on camera and it was so cool. Yeah. And then how did you, was that just something you were, you were just getting frustrated hitting the walls of, I'm just tired of selling products? Um, I mean, I can't complain about that. I wouldn't be here unless I did a lot of commercials. Right. And I was very lucky when I had short hair, especially I would get hired for huge campaigns mm-hmm. over and over and over again. I made so much money. I really made a, a probably more than I ever made on the kill <laughs> on these commercials. And that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. But like that is a very different world from acting and, uh, and TV and film. And I think that doing so many of that commercials hurt me as a performer because you are treated like a prop in a sense and you need to be willing to be a prop in a, in a way. And mm-hmm. it's nothing personal. It's just you're a human prop. Right. So I put myself in a mindset where that was okay and I was fine with being, you know, so impersonally treated. But I think in the end, I wasn't happy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I got to do some fun stuff and worked with some fun directors. But like the fact that I had – you have to audition for 40 for any one oh, that you yeah, book. Totally. It's not It's not like that's the life. It's, not, it's like your life is going – to 
seven or eight a week and after three or four weeks you might book one and yeah, that's a commercial audition. that's an amazing actor yeah like most do not book one or two a year yeah i didn't yeah. commercial acting was not my thing yeah it wasn't your thing because but i was able i was able to separate myself and just have fun with it and mm-hmm. i didn't care as much but i think at the end of it i wasn't fulfilled on a long-term basis right so you know if i had continued along that that i don't know maybe i would have got a tv series maybe i would have just kept doing commercials that paid my bills but mm-hmm. like at the end of the day i was not happy and that's why i played nine hours a day of warcraft instead right and that's what led to the guild so you know, what do you do? I I definitely don't regret anything I've done, uh, and I definitely appreciate all the commercials I got to do. But yeah. I think in the end, it wasn't what I wanted to long-term say that was my life. Right. Interesting. And we're going to get in a second talk about some things going on in the world and some interesting stories. But um, tell me – I was a little bit – I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. Yeah. How did this come about? I know um, that the creators of that were fans of you and fans of the Guild. Well, yeah. I, met, I worked with Joss on uh, Buffy. Buffy and uh, he was I like I, that first email blast I sent it to everybody and uh, he he was on my email list because I was like I don't know if I should bother this guy oh well I'll do it who cares and uh, he actually <laughs> saw my show when I emailed about it and uh, yeah he uh, he uh, he just called me one day and was like hey do you sing because I had talked to him before and he was like I'm gonna do this internet thing too I love it mm-hmm. so uh, I mean I was so phenomenally blessed I was like. Not nearly as experienced as the other two guys, you know. And, Neil Patrick uh, Harris and Nathan yeah. Fillion. Yeah, those guys have, you know, done some stuff. They've done some things. Yeah, pretty much the most awesome people I've ever worked with. So that set was like such an amazing experience because it was really people who didn't have to be doing it the rough way, doing it just for the joy of it. And that's why it was just a, such a, I'll never forget it. How know? long did it take to shoot that? Uh, it was, I think it was a couple weeks. A couple weeks? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And so how long did it take to shoot that? Because it was, what, about a 40-minute movie? Yeah, it was a couple of weeks. It was like 10 days or so. It was crazy. It was a crazy schedule. It was very low budget. You know, I I did Supernatural like several weeks back, and I just, you know, I don't work on big budget sets very often mm-hmm. anymore. So when I go on and I see all these people like, oh, there's a person to do wardrobe. Oh, <laughs> there's all these people to do. Oh, you guys can actually set the shot up without being in a panic. Right. Like, it's just so weird to me. I mean, it's so nice. I, I kind of looked around. I was like, one day I want to make my crew not like panic every day That'd to get nice. the shots and, you know, be able to pay people like a little bit more. That would be nice. But at the same time, like we get to do whatever we want. We get to do, you know, we can change stuff on the fly. We could, you know, we have the flexibility to do pretty much whatever we want to create. And like for the vlog, especially like that show was designed because I did so many big budget things, you know, last time, last year, uh, that was designed. Everybody has to get fit in one car or we don't do the segment. Mm -hmm. Like it's got to be bare bones. Like we're going to do maybe one or two music videos for the year. But other than that, like I don't want, I don't want a big crew. I don't want like, it's got to be handled by three people, four people. So that's, you know, that's what we do. And, and, uh, I, I've been having so much fun with it. Just, it's really spontaneous. That's awesome. Now, speaking of being spontaneous, um, there was big spontaneous news this week that nobody saw coming because Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, Brad Angelina, if you will, oh. had sworn they would never get married. Yeah. And they changed their mind this week. They are engaged. That's really cool. I saw them at the PGA Awards because the Guild was, uh, nominated for the first web series, uh, category for the nice. PGAs. Nice. I was there. Yeah, it was like three months ago. 
Why and is I the Professional s- Golf Association honoring Web Series? I know. It's, uh, yeah. Producers of Golf America got yeah. it. Yeah. I saw Spielberg. I saw, I mean, some of the biggest people ever. And I, they were there within my eyesight. And I mm-hmm. could not stop staring at them <laughs> because they are magical. They are magical. I've never seen more magical looking people. Really? They don't look real. How much of it is their, is the aura of their fame or how much of it is just actually no. how they look? They have, and I'm very skeptical and I'm not really dazzled by actors and I don't right. follow celebrity news. Uh, there's a, uh, they're glow. They glow. <laughs> they have a charisma about them that makes them even larger than life as real people. Well, it's because, I don't know if you know this, but Angelina Jolie makes all of her lovers dip in a radioactive oh, sauce. Is that why he glue? Yeah. I wanted to watch them have sex. Sure. Cause it was the most attractive two people ever. And they were kissing and I was like, oh, oh, they were really. They kissed and I was like, oh my God, they're so hot. I've never done that before. It's so weird. Yeah, but she's she's amazing at her. She smolders on screen. Whenever she, she has like sex scenes in every movie, and yeah. every it looks like she's like the biggest porn star in the world, but like classy but sexy. Yeah, she's and amazing, and she was so very. Hot. She accepted an award for her uh, a movie that she wrote, and she was so articulate and and smart sounding. And I was like, God, she is amazing. So I was not even that big a fan. I mean, I wasn't. I was apathetic. I'm very apathetic about mm-hmm. actors, and like after seeing her in person. With Brad Pitt, and then on stage accepting this award for this movie that she produced, I was like, "You are amazing." Yeah, she's pretty like, cool. I really admired her. And people give her so much shit for breaking up the marriage with Jennifer Aniston. It's like maybe that wasn't the coolest thing, but she's made up for it by trying to save the planet. I don't really care about yeah. people's personal lives. I think it's like sad that we care about it. So I agree much. with you. And like they kept reporting, like there was all these stories this week when it came out. They were like, "And Jennifer Aniston says she's extremely happy for them." Do we believe her? Like, yeah, why not? She moved on. It's a Who long cares? time ago. Yes, please, people. Jennifer yes. Aniston's another one that's very attractive. I actually did an episode of Chelsea lately with her. Oh, yeah? Recently, she was the guest. I was on the round table, and it was my birthday too, and I wanted to meet her. And I said, "Can I meet her for my birthday?" And they said, "Absolutely not." Oh, they, what? They, they kind of keep like the A name stars away course, from yeah. away from us us round tablers. Yeah. But, you know, That's I could have had a shot. I could have had a shot, Felicia. She's very pretty. Mm-hmm. Although it's a lot to maintain. It is. I mean, listen... That's what I realized. Like, and it's her, I, I, I looked in the mirror last week. I was like, you know, this is the turning point. You might just become a producer because <laughs> you do not have time to maintain the face or the butt or the hair or the nails or the working out or, you know, it is a full time job to look that pretty. Well, maybe really you weren't is. playing seven hours of video games a day. Listen, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> I played seven hours of Mass Effect over the weekend because I was in bed sick and Fair I just enough. happened to put the bed in front of the computer. Fair enough. But this is interesting because your show, The Guild, your web series was kind of based on the idea of these people who are in this virtual world, this virtual gaming uh planet, really. Their whole mind space was about that, and they decided to meet in person yeah. and things go awry. I just read an article on G4's website about how virtual games are now starting to enter the real world. Have you heard oh. anything about this? Uh, virtual, I like, uh, I've seen a lot of things about, you know, those Google eyeglasses. That right. Have the, uh, yeah. Those I, Google eyeglasses, or there's one game called Zombies Run that they're starting to develop right now through a Kickstarter project. And basically, you put on your smartphone headphones and you can look at the world and it'll tell you there's like zombies chasing you. You have to pick up certain things in the real world and certain items based on GPS tracking. Oh, that's interesting. They tell you exactly where you are. So you actually get to run around and work on that butt while I kind should, of playing I should game. play this game. You should definitely play this I game. I know. I have not moved faster than a walk in quite a while. Is that right? I, it's been tough, man. I haven't had time to work out either. It's been very difficult. No. Last week on Earth is not a small project. It's not. You were telling me. It's very hard. People don't... I mean, it is a lot of work. And that's what I think about the internet is good because people can uh, see... That they, they can appreciate the steps of making something a little bit more. Right. I think. Because you can kind of see the steps a little There's bit not, more. Like, it's not glossy and packaged. Mm-hmm. You really appreciate like... 
this is hard work, guys, and I yeah. hope you like it. Yeah, the only work I've been getting forever is I buy this new fit ball, and I just sit on a ball most of the day at my desk just so I can try to somewhat build working. my core strength. It's not. I'm sorry. I have soft, fluffy titties and <laughs> and a big stomach. You didn't even touch the stomach, but you I can't touch it. I don't want to touch it. All right. Your hand will get lost in I there I mean, forever. your shirt says, yes, I know that guacamole is extra. That's literally your shirt right now. <laughs> That's your shirt that you're wearing Well, right I now. do know it, though. They always ask you, like, we know guacamole's extra at this point in life. It's a good shirt. Thank you. I just, I just got it. Um, so here's the interesting thing is that, well, here's the story that came out this week. I, I don't know if you believe this or not, but a Pew Internet Project, uh, study said that one in five adults in the U.S. does not use the internet at all. Has never even been online, most of those. Do you believe that to be true? I believe that those people don't know who Felicia Day is. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> no, she's the girl from the Coca-Cola commercials. Yes, it's true. Right. Or the Sears commercial. That's right. Or the Cheetos commercial. That's right. It's some good commercials. Yeah, you did some I great ones. I forgot about all those too. Um, that's interesting. That really is interesting because I, A, I, I, I feel like that's a big disconnect and is, mm-hmm. and, and B, does that mean that the internet is less relevant than we on the internet think it is? I'm sure that is true. I mean, explain the reasons 48% of the people who have never, who don't go on the internet at all said they just don't want it. They don't need it to get the information that they want in their own lives or the communication yeah, that they want. Yeah, but what's the age on that? Well, I have information on that too. Oh, really? American adults who never go online tend to be older. 59% of them, 59, sorry, 59% of U.S. senior citizens yeah. live internet free. Also, people with less education, 60% of high school dropouts don't use the internet. I found that interesting. Be interesting. Yeah, interesting. And poor people as well. 40% of people with an annual income of less than $30,000 for their household don't go online. That's interesting. How many of those people pay for cable every month? It's interesting. I mean, yeah, probably most. Cable of them. is freaking expensive. It's very expensive. And it's, if it's my, sent- listen, if my boyfriend did not watch sports, I, w- I would cut it off because it's 150 a month or something crazy. Right. It's so crazy. This is not worth it. And that's the weird part about it too. It's like of the two choices though. It's like if you offer somebody who doesn't have disposable income, do you want these set shows or do you want a portal into infinite possibilities yeah. and options and you can learn what you want versus being force-fed i mean i try uh, listen People like to be force-fed I, I don't know i was on the plane and i watched more commercials than i have in years and i was mm. like oh this is terrible yeah this is a terrible way to watch things it is and i you know having said i know the ads support everything that we do it's true but you know at the same time i wish all the time i wish a lot of the time that instead of it being this roundabout way and when it creates this whole consumer culture that we get stuck in i just wish people would pay like nominal amounts for the content then you wouldn't need any ads yeah a quarter to watch a show or something you know what i mean yeah i don't know how you would force that i mean do i really just don't put paywalls up on i mean it. that's why you know i i got a really snide ass tweet this morning about somebody implying that well she went from crowdsourcing to corporation because she wants to swim in money or something hmm so, A, I restrained myself from not talking to the troll, <laughs> but B, I thought about that. And I was like, listen, I tried for a year and a half to try to get the, the guild um, to, to continue. Uh, You're well, talking about in like season two or three when it was released Season one, it was, one, it was on completely and- crowdsourced. Uh, it was completely crowdsourced, like very, very early. Like people mm-hmm. did not kick – there was no Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. I put a PayPal button up and people donated. Nice. And that's the only reason we got – you know, through season one. So right. I have to give it to you in a sense, but, and, but also, um, you know, that was like, we had 400 people donate out of like millions who right. watched the show. So like the ratio, we couldn't keep going. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, people don't, there is, a, there is a, you know, it's, it's just really hard. And can you repeat that? Can you do season after season? Right. I think it's very challenging. I think it's really cool that there are a lot of video games being made now through crowdsourcing because 
gamers understand the you know the gaming like it's a one time purchase like I'm gonna get Wasteland two right. this is awesome but like season after season of a show it's kind of hard to but expect it's not audience. even one time you were just saying how you need to you need to pay all this money to get these add ons to the game you're playing that now is true. all these different ones but actually it's another story I wanted to cover is that tablet gaming revenues are are expected to reach three billion dollars a yeah. year by 2014 in 2011 they were just 491 million that's like 600 percent increase it's amazing. And they say that they anticipate by 2016 that tablet video games represent nearly one third of overall game, overall mobile gaming. I think that's good. I mean, what? What do you want to have an opinion of it? Yeah. Do I have a what? You want me to have an opinion about that? Yeah, sure. Oh, uh, let's see. I mean, I think it's good. <laughs> Choose one. Well, I, what I remember. Do you play any games on tablets? I have an iPad. I don't really use it that much because I'm always on the, you know, I don't. Okay, I don't like tablets, and I'll tell you why, because I feel like they're walled garden, and they're a way to monetize me as a consumer in an easier way. And it's Mm. a way to shut the internet off. Right. I mean, it's against open internet. Right. Exactly. And it doesn't support independent content, because, you know, you you, you see the Warner Brothers app, you see a Sony app, you don't see, uh, you see ABC, you don't see, Mm -hmm. you know, independent content people. You see YouTube, but YouTube is such a vast, you know, it, it, you don't get the curation of independent content that you right. can on tablets. The, the whole express architecture of it is to make money off of you. Right. And but I they still have an internet button. They still have a, yeah, but I a think, browser. But we're talking about those people who, I mean, talk about people who don't use the internet that much. They're going to go for the easiest thing. True. My mom has no idea how to set her iPad up. I gave it to her eight months ago. She has not plugged it in. <laughs> she had no idea how to turn it on. And I started to explain it to her. I was like, hey, this is actually kind of complicated. I mean, it really is not that easy to set an iPad up. Yeah. It's, especially when you're thinking about somebody who's completely a, new, uh, a noob. When yeah, it comes totally. To electronics. So anyway, but I do enjoy gaming on the tablets more than anything. I don't like doing anything else, but I do love uh, tablet games. And I love the fact that they're taking like older games from my childhood and then porting them over to be the touchscreen. So I'm, I'm a total hypocrite. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, with the exact thing you mentioned about your mom getting it and all this, there's actually a question somebody asked me to ask you via Twitter. Um, at at unexiled on Twitter said for Felicia, how do I get my wife into gaming specifically MMOs? I don't even know what that stands for. What does it stand for? Multi MMO is like Warcraft. Okay, she's a book nerd, horror and romance mainly, but reads everything. Wow. She wants her to be a gamer. She read my vag- she have a vaginal fantasy group. She might like. You have a vaginal fantasy group. Yes, I might like it. What does that mean? It's a romance book club. It's a paranormal romance book club that once a month me and my friends get on and we we do like a podcast thing. Oh, really? About romance stuff. Yeah, it's very fun. It's like a total hobby for me. Yeah. that's what I do in my spare time. Instead of watching reality TV, I read romance novels. Wow, really? Usually, was with vampires or angels or like gods or whatever. Interesting. Anyway. You love fantasy. I do. I love escaping into other worlds. That's just what I like. So maybe this guy's wife could be – you well, could be, be the gateway for her. I would say – my advice for him was would be to get her an iPad. I would say tablet gaming is very smart or start her out um, with like an easy browser game like PopCap, uh, uh, Plants vs. Zombies. Or or there's a game like uh, – I just started playing this game, Trine or Trine 2, which is a cute little Finnish game where two people could sit by each other and game together. And it's actually really fun. You could – you know, you just have to find a, a game where you can kind of handhold her a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or it's so simplistic and addictive that it's like the entry level. Because I think graduating – like even me, like I didn't have an Xbox until, you know, 
probably eight years ago, and I was intimidated by all the controllers. I thought right. it would be too hard. Yeah, same. I'm sorry, because I was a PC game. Too many buttons. Through yeah, right. But, you know, you have to kind of gradually find the games that are easy enough and not intimidating to get um, her into. So I would say, you know, browser uh, start off with a browser game or a tablet game. You know, steer toward fantasy. Torchlight is a really easy one. So, but I would say, you know, if you could do any kind of co-op games, that would be, that would be probably pretty smart. What does that mean, co-op games? You know, playing with your, like, two people. Oh, okay. Now, is that, like, sitting side by side on the same machine? Yeah, or sitting, like, trying, you could just have her, you know, you could, you could sit and then just kind of advise each other when you're playing. Okay. Yeah. Do you think that things like, I don't know, tennis are going to be extinct pretty soon? Like, anything outdoors in the world, are we going to get more and more insulated? I don't know. Like, Hammaker Schlemmers came out with a, a, brand new classic typewriter this last week mm. and it's the first the typewriter has been released in years and years do you think i know you use I mean, a typewriter, use a typewriter at the typewriter end of your show, flog so i can't make fun of it sure but like do you think that the typewriter is going to be around in five years do you think we should let some of these things go by the wayside and i just mean i think that there's a big resurgence now with reinventing old things mm-hmm. i mean that's why geek and sundry it's a very old fat i'm a total like i'm right. a hipster nerd i guess people right. are like i'm, I'm not going to be ashamed of that I mean, I, I like the idea, you know, with Geek and Sundry, the whole thing we, we, we tried to do is like invent, like take old things and reinvent them. So like, I think taking the internet one step farther is taking the internet and then making it something that you can take into your real life. Mm. So that's all my shows are designed exactly around that. One's a book show. So you can read a book in real person mm. and then take it back on the internet to ex- share that experience. Then you watch my video and then you take another book from that video. So, so to me, I think that the internet can foster being more community versus less, which is kind of the impression that the internet has. Right. So all my shows are kind of designed around that idea of like, uh, Taking virtual into the real world. That's pretty cool. But when does when does the internet get too much? Like I wanted to ask you, like, do you think we should be afraid of Google? Like uh, another thing came out that Google Chrome, their browser is going to surpass Internet Explorer sometime in the next twelve months and be uh. the browser leader. And Google's already so ubiquitous in everything. There's, you know, Google Plus, and they're the, they're the maps in our phones and the GPS, and they're they control the information of the world. Do you think at some point we need to worry about government and or these private companies? That just are going to be able to track every bit of us because we just give up all desire to be private. We're already being tracked right now. Totally, we're being tracked. My phone yeah. knows where I am right now. Right, and there's Who apparently knows? a backup battery in the phone. Even if you take your battery out, yeah. it still tracks you. Yeah, so it's a moot point. We're being tracked. We have no privacy left. I is it a moot point, or should we rise up and smash our phones? Nobody's and... going to rise up and do that. I know because they're so cool. I mean, they're providing things that we want, and we're getting them for free, right? I mean, I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying this is the reality of it. Right. What I don't like, like I said, I don't like this. I don't like the wall gardens of the world. I don't like mm-hmm. being, I don't like, uh, independent voices not really having a platform that's equal mm. to these big companies. That's why I think tablets are, you know, the whole architecture of it is to kind of reinforce that sort of status that we used to have where right. you have a network and you can't get on it unless we have the gatekeepers and, and we have this shelf space. You can't get on it. Well, I'm sorry, the internet equalized that for a way, for a while. So an Etsy dealer, right. dealer could potentially be on par with somebody sh- uh, selling a Bloomingdale's. And then Congress try and change that. There was that legislation that I hope keeps getting shot down where they were trying to say that that service providers can, can have different qualities of traffic and they can give. Which I think is. It's the, horrible. It's absolutely awful. It'll and kill I, all democracy in the internet. And I really, really, I really hope that that never comes to be. But, you know, I think that inevitably it will. Yeah. I mean, that's the sad part of it. Yeah. I, I mean, I hate to be fatalistic about it, but I don't see these companies have the voices. Companies yeah. have voices. And I don't think 
how do we band together and really, I mean, I, I, I'm always backing any kind of net neutrality, you know, anything that I could do to help. But I, I, I'm a little fatalistic because I understand the juggernaut that huge right. corporations are. That said, Chrome is a better browser. <laughs> but I'm sorry. But what's the difference? I've never used Chrome. It's I use Firefox. Faster. I love it. No, Firefox is so slow lately. Really? It used to be awesome. That's like so five years ago. Really? See, I'm behind the trends. Expand. What are computers? Yeah. That's the thing. But I mean, now you're talking about we're already being tracked. Let me share a couple statistics actually about that, how the government's monitoring us completely through our digital footprint. I'm just going to share three items from a list of 13 ways the government's tracking us. Okay. One, the NSA, National Security Agency, collects hundreds of millions of emails, texts, and phone calls every day and has the ability to sift through billions more. That's one. Two, the American Civil Liberties Union and the New York Times recently reported that cell phones of private individuals in the U.S. are being tracked without warrants by state and local law enforcement across the country. More than 300 million cell phones in the U.S. are connected to more than 200,000 cell phone towers, and they can track us to pinpoint location and can document the places cell phone users visit over the course of a day, a week, a month, our whole lives. And third, the FBI admits it has about 3,000 GPS tracking devices on cars of unsuspecting people in the U.S. right now, even after the Supreme Court said that they're not allowed to do that unless they get a warrant for probable cause. I mean, I do we run? I I think that a lot of those uh, a lot of those science fiction novels of the '60s are kind of come true. They're coming true. They really are. Those guys were smart. It's insane. They live in their mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> they were seeing things that are. I mean, yeah. I I don't know what to say. I, mean, I learned how to conquer cold on mushrooms once. You can have a lot of realizations. Really? Yeah. I don't get cold outside please, anymore. Can you? What? Yeah. Are you? Are you kidding? I'm not even joking at all. It's the easiest thing to do. I can explain to you right now. I don't get cold anymore outside in cold weather. Yeah, I can go in the ocean in L.A. and not be cold, and it's like ice cold. And it's here. It's simple how you do it. Because we just, you have to shift the way that you look at temperature, right? So we've become real bitches in over the last, you know, couple thousand years of our evolution. We used to be animals. We used to live outdoors. Yeah. And the sensation of cold on our skin just meant like eventually your body temperature is going to drop. Like maybe like one degree an hour. Like in the next like two days, if you don't get into a cave, you might get into some trouble. And we've interpreted now. We were like so prissy. We feel a little bit of cold in our skin. That's all we focus on. And we start Going into shock and we get nervous oh, and we I, shake. I mean, I could do that with with pain too. Yeah, like with you just pain, start same to thing. separate yourself from. I don't need to do mushrooms to realize that. Well, I, I that was my particular journey, but okay, it, it lasted past the mushrooms. I'm not on mushrooms right now. No, you're not. Although earlier when I felt your face, is it weird that part of your face is still dancing in front of me? Oh boy, is that strange? It's strange. It's weird, right? It's strange. When did you put this tea? That's just mushroom tea. Oh, boy. I mean, regular, it's regular. It's, you said it was peppermint. Yeah, pepper, pepper mushrooms. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's all good. It's gonna, the podcast's gonna be 14 hours, and by the end of the podcast, <laughs> we are going to be in a different realm, guys. Okay. So, so the thing I realized though is just, we have, whatever, six or eight pints of 98 degree liquid in our system. Like, every part of inside of us. It's like an a, amazing braid you have. Yeah. It's a yes. So you just basically, liquid. So you just focus on the inside. Focused on your inside. You have a furnace inside. You just right. forget the outside, and I just don't get cold. I feel the sensation kind of tingly. I'm like, it doesn't bother what me. What if you're out in the cold for hours? I haven't tried for hours and hours and hours, but when I realized that I was on mushrooms in Vondel Park in Amsterdam with my girlfriend at the time, Courtney, and um, we were there for hours. It was like 30 degrees, and yeah. I was totally warm and fine. And I, to prove this to friends, like uh, last year I got down to my boxer shorts on a 20 or 30 degree night. It was the coldest night we had here in years. I was standing outside 
Everybody was smoking cigarettes, and I was just not cold for like thirty minutes. Not not a problem. Where you had you had to be conscious of not being cold, though, right? It you was just not- keep those little in the back of your mind, just kind of focus and like. All right. Yeah, it's not hard. Okay. It's not that hard. Are you gonna kill somebody with this advice? Like suddenly you're gonna get a lawsuit. Like this podcast. Let me explain a couple things. One, if you take advice that somebody explains up front, they learn this on mushrooms. <laughs> And legally go and be like, he told me this is legit. You're such an idiot. Like, I hope you freeze to okay. death before you get to file a lawsuit because that would be better for me. Okay. But, you know, if you want to assume before, try. No, I want people to tell if people have tried this. I mean, it's sparing. I, w- I hope they give you feedback. I know. And I try to tell my friends and they all joke, about, uh, make fun of me. My, my brother Ron's always like, I can control my body temperature. I mean, I'm an idiot, listen, but I can I've, do it. No, I've, I've get cold very easily. And I've shot in a lot of places where I had to wear very little clothing mm-hmm. in, in the outside. Yeah. And... You just have to do it. You just have to do it. Like when yeah. you have to, you're like, I'm not cold because you can't go on screen shivering. Right. Exactly. Even though you're wearing a miniskirt, miniskirt is 22 degrees. So how do you do that then? Well, you have a wardrobe person. Take your, you just be right. like, okay, I'm warm. Yeah, exactly. So, you just have to focus on it. But but there's even a rational reason. You have hot liquid in your system. That's okay. All I'm I, 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 next time I'm cold, I'm going to think about this. Just focus on that. Literally, it's true. It's not even just like thin water. It's like thick blood. Yeah, thick blood going through you. Almost 100 degrees. That's a Imagine lot. if it's like it's a, a bat. That's a foot claw bath inside your system <laughs> at all moments. Clawfoot. Right. Okay. I don't know what it is still. I still don't know what it is. Um, we are going to, in a minute, go to the thunder round and, and bang through a couple topics before we close this up. But first, of course, like always, it's time for Twitter answers. Oh. So let's go. And it is time. So this week's question I asked to all of you out in the Twitterverse, uh, inspired sort of by the Anne Romney controversy of them saying she's never worked a day in her life because she was a housewife her whole life. Um, I asked all of you, uh, what was the worst job you've ever had and why was it so bad? And so I'm going to read some of them now. Felicia, feel free and, and respond with me live. Okay. Live on the air. Um, at Ampoinen said, serving pizza at an amusement park. The work wasn't bad, but it made me hate the smell of pizza. What a loss. Uh, That's got to be tough. It's not good. Because I was trying to lose weight recently, and I had a big pizza resurgence in the last couple weeks. I've eaten pizza like 12 times in the last... Please don't do that more. I have to stop doing it. You make your boobs bigger. I know it. I know, but then I can soon make my own pizza. I'll be able to milk them and get, you know, fresh Glebe pizza. That is most... I'm going to vomit. Gross. It's kind of gross. Please move on. Okay. Uh, at Solana WS said, I was a waitress at Gunther Tooties. Had to answer the phone with, howdy doody, Gunther Tooties. What's shaking, daddy-o? That sounds horrible, right? That sounds like a demeaning job that would be on a sitcom. Yeah. I don't know what a Gunther Tootie is. Do you know I what it is? I don't know. It sounds like a made-up thing. That can't be made up. It's so they specific. They specialize in malts. That's totally malts. Yeah. I can see that for sure. Uh, at DD Daniel said the one i have now boring stuck in the office all day by alone for 9.5 hours not much to do right now banging my head against the wall can we suggest things for her to do right now uh by herself she's a tablet get a tablet play games subscribe to the flog felicia's new show at geek and sundry channel subscribe to that channel yeah you should definitely subscribe subscribe to the geek and sundry channel on youtube yeah what else can you i suggest right now you get up and just for the, for the hell of it, look towards an empty hall or the biggest empty space in your room and say, I am the princess of my mind. Try it right now. I am the prince. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, you can be her in a monologue. By the power of Grayskull. 
Your life has now been modified. I just blew into the mic. That sounded very wind-like and realistic. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Who's next? At If I Were King I says, my worst job was concert festival porta potty cleaner. Ew. Worst part was the itchy polyester uniforms. Other than that, it was swell. That's the worst job ever. Horrible. I can't even pee in those. I can't, I, I can pee if I have to, but it's harder for a girl to I pee. I always I picture a horror film where a hand would come up from there and pull you down into that, and that would be the worst. I That's your fear, not the tank of feces that's sitting below you. You're picturing- There was a man inside there to pull you into the feces? That's more scary? I'd be much more scared about someone just, I'd rather be pulled in by a, by a creepy monster man because then your life takes an interesting turn than someone just coming by and knocking it over. Alright. That's just my that's, opinion. We beg to differ. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, and then at Cap'n underscore Teague said, selling romance novels to old ladies via telephone on Christmas Eve. By romance, I mean printed porn. I don't know. I mean, what do they want right up porn? your alley here. It's not, I don't read porn. I mean, no, there's a difference between porn and romance. And you, would you call them vagina tales? That sounds kind of pornish to fantasy. me. Right. I said it, I named it that tongue in cheek. Okay, but seriously, they have lots of lurid sex scenes in them. They do not have lots. What would you define as lots? Every 20 pages. No. No? Usually there's probably like five or six. In a 200-page book, that's about every 35 pages. probably three to four. <laughs> I don't know. It's better than a True Blood episode. It's no, I mean, I don't I understand. So, I don't no, understand I'm why not more criticizing. guys wouldn't read it, because there's sex in these books. No, I do like written word sex stories, and I've given that up in my life. I, as, as a young you? boy, I was the first thing that I really was exposed to before porn. Yeah. I discovered like sexy stories online, and it was a dreamscape. A lot of guys read along with a fantasy book club, let me just tell Is you. Is that, that right? Yes. Really? Is that yeah. one of your shows on Geek and Sundry? It's just my fun hobby thing I do. Uh, interesting. You're Other the busiest person time. in the world. Yeah, that's my one hobby. I can have a hobby, right? I think you can. Okay. And then before we go into the thunder round, I wanted to know if you would be in, in if you would in, in, indulge me in this, Felicia. Um, you and I did improv together. Yeah. And so, but right before we started recording, I asked people to tweet me a place and a relationship. Okay. And right now, I'm going to click. As you can tell I have not seen these. Okay. There are 17 suggestions. Pick whatever one you like, and we'll do a little two minute improv, okay. and then we'll go into the thunder round. Okay. Ready? Here goes. Let's How about a mobile proctologist van and a doctor and patient? It's not the best. Uh, what else we got here? Dentist office? People, you are having an affair with the dentist's wife. You are at the ballet and she is your boss. That's not bad. And then there was one I liked here. I just saw where where to go. Um, more coroner and recently animated dead body. That's not bad. Oh, that's uh, let's do that. That one. one's fun. Yeah. We're in a morgue. Okay. And then who's who? It doesn't matter. We'll start, right? Uh, I'm going to just, you yeah. start. Oh my then, gosh. This guy is, he has soft, pillowy breasts. This, this, this guy is, it's too bad he's dead. Too what? bad. Ow. What just happened? Why did you touch me like that? Um, sir, wait, what? Why am I here? Why do you have a toe tag on? You're not dead. Okay, first of all, I don't even like to have my shoes off in public. You do not have good toenails, sir. Okay, listen, I've been dead for months. They grow fast after you die. Everybody knows that. Months? Oh yeah. my gosh, this is terrible. I am sorry we forgot about you. I just started dissecting you just five yeah. minutes ago. I've been very busy. I had a wedding. Yeah, maybe my breasts are a little bit more doughy because you've been slicing around them. It certainly creates kind of a doughy atmosphere. Well, it certainly is a lot to work around, sir. How now, about the listen. wedding? Congratulations. Thank Was, you. Do you want to see my ring? I would love it. Thanks. Yeah. Are we, you were a, oh, let me look at your toe tag. You were a jeweler. I, yes, indeed. Do you think this is really princess That's cut? That's definitely cubic zirconium. You can tell. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. So your life's taking a difficult turn right now. 
What? Do you need a hug? No, not from you. I'm just saying, I, it's the fact that, despite the fact that I'm bleeding from my chest, I really feel like you need counseling and support. I did a classic tea cut into your chest to look at your abdominal cavity. Are you kidding? This is cubic zirconium. It is. And you know what's also difficult for me to handle is the fact that you're so shotgun because it looks very obviously fake. And, and, and B, I'm bleeding profusely. And it's hard for me to remain warm once the blood that's inside I me is leaking out. I was wondering why you were so warm. Yeah. You've been here for months. I just focused. The whole time I was dead, I'm like, stay warm. It's stay so warm. weird because that never works for other corpses. I know. You know why? Because it's all about positive thinking and the dead don't respect that. That's well, the only I'm sorry. Fact. I just slit your wrist. Oh. Uh, oh, not your wrist. Your my wrist. wrist hurts so much. That's why I sounded <laughs> like that kind of pain. Yes. Because, oh, oh, it hurts. I just want so to badly. see. See, you could... Th- well, you obviously can't think your pain away, so you're not that good. Well, listen, I've been dead for months. Give me a moment just to adjust. I hate you. You ruined my marriage. Listen, just because your husband's a cheapskate, listen. He's not cheap. He's very rich. Okay. Not, that's he, not why that's I love him. That's worse then because- That's why I love him. Obviously, you're a gold digger. You're like him for I'm the not. money. I am a born practitioner. I am a doctor. No. No. Let me tell you something. You're not a doctor. You work in the morgue. It's like the lowest rung, first of all. And secondly, oh I've, my God, I wanted to be with the dead. Yeah, exactly. Where you can't screw up. They put the the lackey doctors in place where you can't screw it's up. True, I've killed so many people who were alive before. Think about this, and the fact that if your husband's rich, he must just not love you that much because he gave you a cheap ring and he could have afforded a better ring. Right. It's like you need the dead to tell you this. Oh, you're so right. You got to drop that zero and what get with I this do? newly reanimated hero. Oh, oh, that's what it is. You're hitting on me. No, I'm not saying that. You are. You have a bloody open chest, and you no. told me my ring is shit. And oh, S- listen, I'm not hit. I'm not. Look, I'm not ready to date. Ag- are you interested? I mean, nobody else is around here. Listen, I got a lot of money stored away inside your chest. Mm-hmm. Here, let me look. No, oh, and scene. Oh, look at that. We won an Oscar. That was pretty grand. Yeah. Thank you, Lloyd Dobler, eighty nine, for suggesting that. Quite welcome. That was a blast. I think now. It's time for the thunder round. Yay. It is the thunder round, everybody. Very, very excited. Our first story in the thunder round. Can ranch become the new ketchup? This is the big question. Um, ranch is already the nation's most popular salad dressing, used twice as often as other dressings. But condiments are big business, worth $5.6 billion a year in the U.S., according to Bloomberg Business Week. And Hidden Valley wants its flagship ranch dressing, now available in a thicker formula, called Hidden Valley for Everything, to have a more prominent spot at the table. Do you see it happening, Felicia? No. Why not? Bad breath. You think it has, you think ranch breath's worse than ketchup breath? Yes. Really? Yep. But you ever, the problem with ketchup, ketchup smells fine live, but when it gets old, isn't there, is there any worse smell than like a little ketchup bit of old ketchup? Goes, no, it never goes old. Yeah, they're gonna have to figure out a way to not make it refrigeratable, the ranch. Yeah, Otherwise, exactly. they're screwed. Screwed. People are gonna get serious you can't issues. You have a, like a hot cream. You cannot have a hot cream overtake ketchup, America's favorite. No. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And also, they, they revealed like the recipe of ranch, and it's, it's not, doesn't sound great. Apparently, it's a mixture of buttermilk, sour cream, yogurt, minced onion, and garlic powder. Not good breath. It's a good strength. It's a strong point. Yep. I guess there's no, there's no garlic powder and ketchup. There probably, it, it might be. You think? I think so. A little you, bit. Do you know that a Thousand Island dressing apparently is just ketchup 
mixed with uh relish and some other th- and like mayo or something. It's like oh, gross. it's gross. It's not healthy gross. for you. Gross. It's not healthy. It's not very healthy at all. Um I want you to know this too. If people are wondering at home what the top condiments are, Felicia, I would love your raw, honest reactions okay. to this. Ketchup is versatile and ubiquitous, but it is not the best selling condiment. The best would be mayonnaise. Four hundred million containers a year in the US. Next is salsa. 271 million jars and then ketchup. Wow. Are you, how would you rank those three? Mayonnaise, I'm salsa, not a big mayo ketchup. Fan. Not a big mayo fan. Yeah, I never go mayo. Not in a hot creamy. No, exactly. Not in a hot creamy. Unless you're in the morgue, then it's super chill. Ew, bro. Right? Yeah. It's sometimes you get hungry. Gross. Are you a ketchup person though? Yeah, I am. I like ketchup. I don't like it on anything but fries, but I like it with my fries. Fair enough. All right. I do like it on fries. What else? Ketchup's not really great on. Oh, it's good on burgers. Yeah. Do you eat meat? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's good. Great on burgers. It is really good on burgers. Ranch. I feel like I don't. I don't even I'm understand not ranch on a burger. No. Are you kidding me? I don't even understand Disgusting. ranch as a salad dressing. Ugh. Only thing I like ranch on is veggies. Veggie trays. It's great to dip it in ranch. It's the only thing. Salad. It's way too. I much prefer an Italian, a balsamic. Yeah. Who? How is it? That's why our country's problem. Too and thick. Overweight. It's too, too thick, thick and too fatty. Too thick I want a nice fatty. thin dressing. Thin. That's the thing. It can't coat. Exactly. You don't want like the the dressing to be thicker than the item itself. No, gross. That's the whole problem. I don't like it. I agree completely. By the way, the last week on Earth, Sudoku audio puzzle answers for our two boxes this week. Reading across before dropping a row are five seven two eight four nine one six, and the second box is one four three nine seven six five eight two. Don't know what you're talking about. Me either. Okay. Thanks for playing along at home. Congratulations to nobody. Um, Mayor Cory Booker of Newark, New Jersey saved a woman from a burning house this week. Do you hear yeah? about this? No. Mayor of Newark, he's the one that was like shoveling in the snow and there was people were all snowed out. He's the super, super mayor. I met him. Very nice man. His next door neighbor house was ablaze. What? He goes and his security guy gets all these people out and there's one woman, the daughter screaming from upstairs. Cory Booker runs through the flames, grabs her, thought they were going to die in the house. They get surrounded by flames that they're gonna have to jump out of the window instead grabs her jumps over the flames what? gets burned on his hand smoke inhalation both of them shipped to the hospital now they're doing fine he saved her life that guy's gonna get reelected. yeah and he's black and is a likable nice obama style guy who could be the next president not the next but like in do we really need to do that do we need, can we just not live in a moment and say bravo to that guy i want to set up his political future oh god i hate it all right. Punditry. Right. <laughs> Please. You don't like politics. Why? You just don't like being involved in it. I I don't like it. No. I don't. I feel like there's no... It's like beeping at somebody in traffic. It's not like anybody's going to be beeped at and be like, oh, sir, you are right. I am not a good traffic driver. I do not drive well. <laughs> Nobody's doing that. You're never going to... You're mean, just stuck in your own ways and it's never going to... I gonna, would say 99% percent of the... Po- it's just people arguing and getting divisive and pandering mm-hmm. and uh, condescending. And I'm just... I, I I have things that I believe in very strongly. Uh, I don't use my platform for that, except for environment, environmental stuff. Because you're, if you're against animals, you're a dick. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's important. Except but yet... But it's also... It's a very fine line because you eat meat. True. So where does that line get drawn? It's a very amorphous one that I have hypocritical leanings about. <laughs> and thank you. Fair enough. We can leave that there. Um, and uh, apparently there's a lot of innovations happening in alcohol this week. And this will be our last story before the podcast is done. And I will thank you all for listening and you for being here. But first, first, a lot of alcohol innovations this week. First one is frozen beer foam. The people at the Japanese beer company Kirin 
It's a Japanese brewing giant, have developed a frozen beer foam that can be dispensed on top of a glass of beer like soft-serve ice cream swirled into a cone that will keep the beer cold for 30 minutes. Wow. Are you a beer drinker? Does this sound appealing no. or really weird? I've never. I've only drank one beer in my life. What? Yeah. Are you not a drinker in general? Or just not. I beer? like drinking wine. Mm-hmm. I don't drink a lot. I never drink to excess because I don't like the the theoretical idea that I would be sick afterwards. But do you ever drink enough to get your good buzz going? Yeah. yeah. Okay. One mojito. Yeah. I'm very lightweight. Okay. So I've only drunk one beer my whole life, and that was when in like a wine tasting thing when I was like four courses in, and they brought a beer with a cheese thing, and I was hmm. like, okay, I'll try it because I was drunk enough at that point. Yeah. I enjoyed it, but I don't like other well, if beer. You enjoyed it? Why didn't you? I've been I've sipped other beers, and yeah. I don't like the taste of it. It's I don't like it. It's like a savory drink. I don't like the idea of a savory drink. What do you mean savory? Just means like kind of hearty and flavorful. Ugh. What, do you prefer a mild one? You just drink water and then just knock yourself in the head. Well, maybe. With a mallet. Maybe. Think about it. That's my evening. Okay, good. Okay. And there, maybe, would any of these beers appeal to you? There are innovations in beer happening this week. Coors just has an iced tea beer that came out. Molson Coors. Don't Don't want, it's gonna taste like iced tea. Don't care. Citrus and iced tea flavors. Is it sweet? Does it taste hearty? Does it taste thick? I don't like thick yogurt. American beer in general is very thin. You don't like smoothies? Oh, I don't like the texture of smoothies. What? It's too thick. What, what are you talking about? Smoothies is one of the greatest things ever. It's, it's, it's a, a bowl of fruit inside no, your system. Absolutely not. It's too thick. It's too, it's a hybrid. It's not, it's like, so you don't like ice solid. cream shakes either? That's different. How on earth is that different? It's just less healthy, the exact same consistency, even similar That's flavors. True. It's smoother. Oh, I'm about to make you a smoothie fan. I'm about to get you on board the smoothie train like it's 1965. Nope. Really? No. It's smoother? It is no. a little smooth. Not really. Chamba juice, like the stra- okay, start with the strawberries whirl. Okay. Oh, yeah. Chamba can be okay. Yeah. But only the smoothie king. I don't know. Interesting. It's very situational. That's true. That's very interesting to me. Now, let me ask you about it's these- a texture thing. I don't like like really pureed mashed potatoes either. I agree with that. Yeah. It just makes you feel like you're like in an old age home. You're Uber pureed yeah, mashed yeah, potatoes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like too much. Come here, here let, remove your dentures, Very please. Thick. Okay, so there's two other beer variations. This one that is re- is designed to appeal to female drinkers, a bloat-resistant beer. Don't care. What do you mean? If it's just it's loose and light, you like it light, and it's going to be actually it's going to be called anime. I don't know why I said it that way because it's a French word for livened up. All right. Available right now only in the UK and Ireland, and um, it may come to the US if it's successful. It's supposedly less gassy and lighter tasting. Less gassy is always good. Yeah. Cause and nobody likes a farter. Nobody a does. A lady like farter. That. No, nobody especially likes a lady not. Farter. Nobody does. Except in the tub. I've learned so much about your clawfoot tub. <laughs> more than any human being wants to ever know. There'll be three favorite flavors of the, I'm skipping right past that. Clear filtered crisp rose and zesty lemon bloat resistant beer. Would you try any of those? Nope. What? Why? I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's become policy now. I would like you to open your mind a little bit. What no. if it was being presented to you by a dragon in if one of your fantasy worlds? If there's ever an option, yeah, maybe. Mead? I've never tried mead. I would try mead. What's mead? Oh, boy. What's mead? You're the worst. What is it? It's an old-timey concoction that people used to buy instead of beer. What year is it in your mind? 1422. <laughs> I'm in my clawfoot tub with my mead and my dragon-slaying husband entering with cubic zirconium. <laughs> It's ridiculous what you're saying to me. And if you're such a wine drinker, then our last alcohol variation is this. Um, apparently California wineries on the sly are fermenting wine with none other than marijuana. And 
they keep in for a year. They'll put a pound of marijuana in a, in a wine barrel. Where? Which 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 wine? A lot of wineries in California are doing this. It's on the slide. They can't announce it because it's illegal. Where do they buy it? Where do you buy it? You just have to kind of be in the know. Okay. I know a couple of wine people. You, are you interested in this? I would try that over a beer, a slim beer. You would try that because you're a big wine fan. Are you yes. a weed fan? No, not really. Not really. But if it was like light, just THC extracted, well, no see, smoke in your lungs, that. you I would, would try, try that. it. I'm into it. I want it bad. I'm just going to start dumping whatever weed crumbs I've left in my apartment into wine. No, don't do that. And I'm put gonna them in your butter and you put your butter. Yeah, and I'm going to soak it with butter, put it into my non-clawfoot bathtub, and I'm going like to soak it. I you say the word butter. Let's just... Are we done? Why can't I say butter? Ugh. Because I've created so many bad uh, mental images for you with regards this, to it? Just the way you say it. Should I say it different? Butter. No, stop it. Is that worse? Stop it. Butter. No. How? Which way do you like it? No, I hate everything. All right, then give me some plugs, please, and then, oh, we, the, then then I'll stop saying things. Okay. Butter. Sorry. Stop it. Sorry. Okay. One more time. Butter. Butter. No. I got you doing it stop now. Stop it. Haha. <laughs> please stop it. Turn this off. Seriously, stop saying butter. Okay. Stop it. I didn't do anything. You just said it. Said what? I didn't say anything. You said it. I definitely didn't. You know, I did say. I, I said the opposite. I said I can't believe it's not butter. Oh, stop. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. What would you like to plug? Please subscribe to the vlog. Please subscribe to Geek and Sundry. Geek and Sundry channel on YouTube.com slash Geek and Sundry. Uh, slash Geek and Sundry. You yeah. made a weird sound before. I know I did. That's because I can't URL. breathe. I'm sick. You remember that? Whatever. Whatever. Geek and You're just, This is the dismount of the podcast. No reason now to... to uh, double flip. Exactly. Yeah, Geek and Sundry. I give it a 10. Yes. YouTube.com slash Geek and Sundry. And at Felicia Day on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. And a couple announcements on my stuff, at Ben Glebe on Twitter, hashtag Last Week on Earth to get your comments on the podcast. I'll be at the Fort Lauderdale Improv with Michael Yo April 25th, Zanies Nashville with Ali Wong, April 26th through 29th, Vegas, the Paris Hotel and Casino, March 3rd, 4th and 5th with Arden Marine. I'll be in Chelsea lately tonight, April 18th, and on May 2nd, and the Yo Show on Yahoo, April 20th and 23rd. Um, that's about it. And I will leave you guys with Felicia's new song, I'm the one that's cool. You can buy it on iTunes or Amazon until last week, next week. By the way, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And I want you to feel good better. Good to see you. Yeah, it's I hope so I, good to see you. I'm going to go to bed. I think you should. Okay. You can crash on the couch. No. Okay, it's just an option. Okay, bye. I won't put butter on you. Ugh. Until last week, next week. This has been Last Week on Earth. This has been a production of Smodcast Internet Radio.